Hi, everybody. This is Ken Wilson. Once upon a time, I broadcast blues hockey. I always listen to Let's Go Blues Radio. It's everything you'll want as a blues fan. Oh, baby. Stop doing those diet or workout fads to lose weight. Use the tried and true approach from Rock and That Idea Life that helps you find balance while enjoying food in moderation and nourishing your body. Try the Lean 30 program at rockandthatidealife.com and let today be your last first day of your weight loss journey. When buying or selling your home, you need to feel protected. Realtor Mike Burgoyne not only looks out for your interests, but as a St. Louis area police officer, will make sure you feel safe and well-informed with every decision. Email Mike at strikewithmike.com and start the process today. That's Mike at strikewithmike.com. And now, ladies and gentlemen, somehow, someway, they are celebrating 13 years as the original and longest-running St. Louis Blues Podcast. Are you sure? Like, no one even thought they'd make 13 episodes. I mean, literally, all they talk about is drinking beer and and hockey. It's 13 seasons already? I guess somehow it works. Ladies and gentlemen, ponder, price, and day. This is Let's Go Blues Radio, season 13, and your show starts now. Welcome to episode three of season 13. This is episode number 434 all time of the often imitated, never duplicated. How could I possibly be expected to handle school on a day like this? We're the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. Let's go Blues Radio. Special thanks to our sponsors, rockin'thatidealife.com, strikewithmike.com, and centerizedbrewery.com. For once again, proudly sponsoring the show, please check them out. Also, don't forget to check out our t-shirt shop at letsgoblues.com for the very best St. Louis Blues themed t-shirts at an unbelievable fair price it is wednesday october 25th that's my nickname in high school it's fair price uh, it's uh, wednesday october 25th and we're streaming live right now on youtube facebook and twitter to interact with the show on social media our handle on all the socials is at lgb radio i'm for price and my co-host for the big show this evening is our were was <laughs> bill day and jeff ponder the agenda for tonight includes discussion of boots the 2024 Blues Hall of Fame class, the uh, last few games that the Blues have played since our last show. The lack of offense on the Blues is offensive, and uh, our likes and dislikes right now with this team, and the NHL cannot make up its mind on Pride Tape. Uh, we'll talk about all of that and more on this titillating edition of Let's Go Blues Radio. Hello, gentlemen. It's almost Halloween. Well, hey. Any Halloween plans? I, I t- As the show was starting, ah! I, I, it might be too late next week. I forgot to wear the outfit that I bought this week. I am now a proud owner of a David S. Pumpkins get-up. <laughs> you, you got the suit? Yes, and <laughs> I was going to wear it tonight, and I totally forgot. So, oh well. <laughs> okay, so when you buy something like that, you need to have like more than one. You can't just wear it the one night. You got to wear it. Wear it, wear it on the show next week. It's, it's still... Uh, uh, are we going to... Uh, it'll probably do what? The 1st? November 1st? Maybe no, yeah, that's the 1st. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I could still wear it then. People it, are I mean, Halloween you know, I, you know, pumpkins is a fall theme, right? So, you can, you can swing yeah, it. Yeah, I guess. Even though it's based around a... Yeah, I know. A that skit is awesome. Skit, yeah. That skit is great. <laughs> you know, we probably have talked about this before. But you know that originally Tom Hanks did not want to do it. Yeah, he thought he it was said stupid. he said that um, 
they should do it the following week when Chris Hemsworth was hosting because he thought he would have been better. Oh, I don't know about and that. And I'm like, ooh, I don't know, Tom Hanks. That might have been a bad call on your part. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I think it would have still been funny, but it would not have. It, Tom Hanks makes that character. Yeah, he did a good job. Hundred <laughs> percent. Smile on his face is just it, priceless. And. Uh, you could have fooled me. I thought you were in costume tonight because, uh, uh, Kurt, I don't know, give me an opinion. Oh, nice. It's Andre Poodle Lucier from Slapshot. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you I, you just need to wear an orange jersey. Yeah. It's, that is totally well, Bill, I, Yeah, Syracuse Bulldogs. Yeah. Bill, I don't know if I've told you. I told you what I'm actually going as on actual Halloween night. I'm oh, Laszlo Laszlo Cravensworth from uh, Nice. Uh, yeah, we're doing you the did. shadows. You did. You my wife, uh, she's gonna be Nadia, and uh, she's she put her costume on for me the other night, and I was like, "That's incredible!" So we're gonna look pretty awesome. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> awesome. Definitely, definitely, we'll uh, have to check out your Facebook for all the photos. Oh yeah, yeah, there'll be plenty. <laughs> Huh. I, I Maybe your OnlyFans too. I don't know. Yeah, de- definitely check it out. OnlyFans.com uh, <laughs> slash jponder94. This show needs an OnlyFans. It really does. You know, OnlyFans was started. Uh, it, it was not a like a porn site. No. A homegrown porn It was porn just site. for content. It was yeah, like it was just a for pay-per-view content. kind of idea. Yeah. yeah, like a Patreon. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so. it's, yeah, it blew up. It, people realize quickly how much they can make off that and the porn industry just took over. There are there, I, I, some of the top earners on OnlyFans. They, it's not it, like I, I think I read Cardi B, right? Has she's only posted like three or four things on her OnlyFans channel. And it's not porn. It's just her saying something or a picture of something, doing something. And she has tons of subscribers. She makes millions a month and she doesn't even use it. People just subscribe just to subscribe, and they pay so much for like eight, nine bucks a month or whatever it is. Well, then we can do it. Let's try it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, make millions. We're, right. we're, we're regionally, regionally famous. We can make at least like, you know, 10 bucks probably a month. <laughs> Maybe a dollar. And here we are giving it away for free. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Some 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 podcasts, some blues podcasts tried that a while back with the pay-per-view content, and that didn't, that didn't fly too well. So... <clears throat> Patreon. Yeah. I mean, come on. I don't know. Justin Scott is coming in hot. He's already got some hockey takes to talk about here. And uh, Justin, I'm going to assume we all agree with you. We will get to that later when we actually, you know, when the hockey show actually starts talking about hockey. Right. Mm, About midnight. I I like it when they put those topics out there, though. (laughs) They put them out there, and then we can, uh, you know, it's... uh, it's content to add to our existing content. We can talk this good stuff. Exactly. Yeah, it's just sitting there waiting. It's like in queue. Mm-hmm. Uh, the official beers of episode number 434. You can follow each of us on the Untapped app. My handle is CPrice12. Jeff's is JPonder94. Bill's is Billy Blue Note 33 um, And I think we started off with uh, Bill last week, right? So mm-hmm. we did. I guess we'll just do it again. Bill, what you got? Sure. Let's ah. let's keep it going. It's Midland, yes, yeah, love it. Love it. Fat Elvis, Fat it's Elvis just a is good back. Beer. Just a it good is, beer. it is. I've been um, trying 
trying to work through all the Oktoberfest that I put in my fridge. So this is the first one I've had. I've had it in there for a couple of weeks and super excited to have it here tonight. Looking forward to the remainder of those and the additional that I buy next time mm-hmm. I go to Forehands to get the Voltron beer. Oh, I, remember, yeah. I remember the uh, journey that Amy and I went on to find Fed Elvis when they when it was first released because it sold out quick at Forehands and they got it back in and then we went there and they were out again. And so we went over to, I forgot where it was, somewhere in West County or something to, yeah. to go get it. They weren't supposed to have it on tap yet. Whoever, I forgot the name of the place. Llewellyn's had Llewellyn's, Llewellyn's yes. Webster. Yeah. Llewellyn's yep. Webster. Right? was not, they were not supposed to have it on tap yet, but they did. So we yep. went there and we had, and we got it. It was just, it was delicious. It was, I think it was, uh, who told the other one, me or you? I don't remember, but uh, you, I think I, told I, I think me. I told you, I think you did. Yeah, because I went there randomly one night. Yeah. I had a, a hockey game and I like was like, oh, I'll, you know, hey, guys, let's stop in for a beer. And a couple of us stopped in and I saw the tap and it said Fat Elvis. And I even said to the bartender, I was like, you don't have that in, right? You just have the the tap ready. And she's like, oh, no, we just got it in yesterday. And I'm like, give me that. Give me that all night. And I don't care what it costs. Yeah, and I had, that was the first time I ever had it, and I knew I was going to love it, and yeah. oh my god, I was I mean, in heaven. And it, I think I even texted you while I was sitting there like, holy shit, get to, get to Llewellyn's, they've got fat Elvis. It's peanut butter, banana, chocolate. I mean, mm. what's not to like? Yeah. yeah. Uh, more That Girl chimes in, whoa, that is a new way that the graphics <laughs> pop up. That's interesting. <laughs> it's it's uh, Halloween-ish. <laughs> that's Halloween-y. cool. Uh, more of that girl says Bill and Ponder have a better memory than Kurt. Yeah. Uh, I, I never claimed to have a good memory. I think she's saying our, the memory is being used as a noun here. Like, well, I guess it would be either way. She's saying our memory of our memory is better than yours in terms of we remember that. I can't explain it. <laughs> I can't explain it. I'm pretty sure I took it how you gave it. How are you taking it? <laughs> that you have a better memory than me as far as the occasion what it's called yes okay i thought you were saying oh, i didn't know there was another way to take it like my like i remember yeah. things better right. oh oh you might your mental you faculties are failing yeah. <laughs> it, it, it depends it, it depends what it is i don't know oh I, the english language sucks i uh <laughs> I, I at least i didn't forget who i went with huh eh, amy <laughs> that'd have been bad <laughs> i went with somebody to the wellens i don't know who it was <laughs> oh Some I, chick. I did I did that about three years. It was about three years after Jess and I got together, and I was recalling some date we went on, and she's like, "This never happened." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And I like made her feel stupid because I'm like, "How do you not remember this?" And then it dawned on me. I'm like, "Oh, that was the girl I dated before Jessica." (laughs) Oops. Yeah, I did that. I did that once. She's like, that wasn't me. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Well, you should have been there. It was fun. Yeah, it was yeah, great. Yeah. You, you should have been hey, there. It would have been more fun if you would have been there. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I meant. Oh, to say. Yeah, nice save. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that was, I don't know if there was any digging out of that hole. Nope. There was not. Right. Uh, so, uh, Jeff, mine, uh, Bill mentioned his Oktoberfest. I am drinking Oktoberfest tonight uh, from Schlafly. But it's October, uh, Jeff. It is October. It's not September. Uh, I'm still drinking an Oktoberfest. If that if that lady at the uh, uh, Global Brew is listening, <laughs> she's not. You can't drink Oktoberfest in October. It's September beer. Uh, mm. very nice. I've got the uh, 
I've got a, a beer that I bought for Bill. Why was a lot of bees in that sentence? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from uh, Public House. Uh, it's called Giddy Goat Coffee Milk Stout. Coffee Milk Stout is not r- really my thing, but it's pretty good, actually. Um, it's not too strong on the coffee, <clears> but I thought Bill would like it. So I offered to buy him some because they had it on clearance. It was like five bucks for a six pack. Oof, wow. Something like that. It was super cheap. Yeah. So. And damn that extra seven miles between us now. <laughs> All right. I just can't get it to you. It's a possible. Uh, I know. It's, <laughs> it's, yeah. I, I never see you. So, and, and there's not even a, you know, river of fire like when we have to go over to the Missouri side to keep it. River of fire (laughs) that you can't cross. You can't cross. You can't. Well, I can't cross two rivers in one day. It just takes everything out of me. Don't you have to like pay the ferryman for that kind of a thing? Yeah, (laughs) it's it's way too taxing. Yeah, ferryman. That's but I'm in college. (laughs) Ferryman. (laughs) Sorry. I hope Matt Harris. I was, I was the one. ferryman, the the <laughs> skeleton guy on the boat, the ferry. You got to pay coins to to take you across the river sticks, wherever it is. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that reminds me of, and this is probably a crude joke by today's standards, but I think we've talked about it on the show. Spin City is my favorite show of all time. Miss the hell out really? of it. The Michael J. Fox years, not the Charlie Sheen years. Um, okay. One of my favorite jokes from that was when uh, the mayor was talking to a gay member of his staff. And he was like, he's like, this is worse than that time you took me on the gay cruise. And the guy goes, and the gay guy goes, that was the Staten Island Ferry. And uh, the mayor goes, I don't care who he was. He needs to keep his hands to himself. <laughs> the Staten Island Ferry. Oh, that's, surely that's a, that's a social media handle, right? Of a, yeah, the Staten Island Ferry. Yeah, parody account or something has to be has to be that's that's funny all right let's get into it uh keith kachuk pavel dimitra and uh, michael ute uh were named the 2024 st louis blues hall of fame class uh they'll be inducted on friday january 19th at the missouri athletic club in downtown st louis kachuk lute and dimitra's wife uh kachuk lute and dimitra's wife uh, is it that's maha maja I believe it's Maja. Maja. I was going to guess Maja. We'll be in attendance for the induction dinner. All three players will be celebrated at the January 20th game against the Capitals. Uh, There are some videos on the St. Louis Blues website uh, where uh, Kachuk and and Maja Demetra learned of uh, their inductions. Uh, Matthew and Brady Kachuk uh, informed their dad, Keith Kachuk, and Maja was notified by uh, Keith and Chantal Kachuk, and then Federico notified the Ute. So it's good stuff. Yeah, they did they did the same thing. I don't remember who it was too, but uh when Panger was here last year, they they yes. with Liute, they brought somebody in for they said who it was, was just that? for an interview, like yeah. an alumni interview. What was it? I can't remember what it was now. And they had Pang come in and they talked about some old game they played against each other yeah. or something. And uh and yeah, they did the same thing to Liute. I guess they told him he was just coming in for an interview, and then Federko came in with his right. Blues alumni uh, or Blues Hall of Fame jacket on, and notified him that he was going to be inducted. So, um, pretty cool. I mean, I, Bill, to hear from you first. Let's talk about Liute first. Uh, you pretty happy with that decision? <clears throat> oh yeah, totally vindicated, and uh, think uh, all of our uh, summer series has uh, been thrown out the window uh, with uh, him getting uh, second class here. Um, yeah, I mean the the reason why I always wanted to be goalie, right? The, the got to see him uh, when I was three years old, 
and just, you know, his stature in the nets, just amazing. And, you know, we, we only got to see him for a very short period. He was out of here by 85. Um, and it's, I he's mean, got the best, he's got the best plain white mask ever. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Iconic. You don't, that, that's, I, I mean, just to see a white mask, that's Liud. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No design. Yeah. I, I saw, I was looking at, at today, actually, I was looking at um, just his stats after he left here and how many good years he still had um, by those standards, by th- that day's standards um, in Hartford and, and uh, can't remember where else he Washington's where he Washington. Washington. Yeah. So um, yeah. And I was looking, I'm like, man, if they would have held on to him, who knows, you know, and I know that's what we do here in St. Louis. You know, could they have won a cup if they wouldn't have got rid of this guy? Curtis Joseph comes to mind. Um, you know, same thing with Liu. You know, you look at the years he had when he left here. He was still good. And mm-hmm. uh, it's a shame because you think, too, we always talk about how the Blues never had that franchise goalie. Mike Liu leads this team and wins already. Had he had stayed another three or four more years, holy shit, he would have put up some monster numbers. Yeah, wonder what would have happened. You know, a possible what if segment. Um, but yeah, you know, he he was out of here. Um, went up against Patrick Waugh in '86 uh, as Hartford's number one. Um, lost to Canadians uh, first round, I believe it was, um, and first or second. And you know that he was a big part of that team getting there. But uh, yeah. It, it's going back to Kurt's comment about the mask. Got to be the number one plain white mask of all time. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's a hundred percent true. You know, there are a couple other guys, uh, Bernie Perrant, um, that's slightly less iconic. Um, maybe Pelly Lindbergh, special place in my heart as well. Um, but yeah, that that mask. And do yourself a favor, and if you haven't seen his mask when he was in the minors in Cincinnati. Same mask, but with a great design. Um, it was the was it the Stingers? Uh, beautiful mask. Oh, absolutely. the Cincinnati team. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely beautiful mask. Yeah, and you know, it just he did a great job of melding mask with uh, with the uh, uniform that he was in. Right, it made so much sense with you know as predominantly white as the Blues home jersey was then. It it just works so well. Yeah, I've uh, uh, been saying for a while now that if any former Blues player deserved to get his number retired, uh, in my opinion, it's it's Demetra. Um, yeah. The and the Blues, so the Blues Hall of Fame induction here for him is a no brainer. I, you knew he was gonna, you knew it was coming. It was just a matter of you know when. Uh, and Leute, Kachuk, and Demetra, slam dunks, right? Is, I mean, yep. as mm-hmm. far as being inducted, yeah, the Cardinals have their Hall of Fame <clears throat> inductions every year. And some people are like, really? You know, is he going to go? I mean, that's not really, he's not really a Hall of Fame caliber guy. Like they're forcing people in. But it being early on in the induction process for this Hall of Fame, uh, there's a bunch of guys, you know, that are going to go. Uh, no brainer. So, and these are three easy picks mm-hmm. for me. So, with this being the, well, the second class, but the first class. After the initial, the yeah. initial, like the, you know, like all the guys that were definitely getting in the retired right. numbers, and with this being that first class, um, I, I'm glad they went with three. I'm okay with them kind of loading up on three. I think 
going forward. I'd like to see maybe two. Yeah. Um, you're going to, you're going to run out of players right? <laughs> really quick. You know, yeah. I mean, I, we could say all, all day long, the blues have had a rich history. They have, but you know, compared to like the Cardinals who've been around for 120 years or whatever it is, like that's double the amount of time the blues have been around. So I, I would like to say that they are going to maybe not be pushing three every year, but your first three, again, that that aren't a part of that initial class, uh, this nails it. I mean, Kachuk's still a part of the St. Louis community. Again, we've talked about Mike Liute and his contributions to the Blues, and then, you know, Pablo Dimitra just, again, one of the, you said it, Kurt, that the guy that, you know, could easily have his number retired next by the Blues. I don't think it's going to happen at this point. No. But if it were to be, hey, we're going to retire a player next year, it'll be Demetra in my mind. Um, but, yeah, just a huge part of this organization and obviously such a tragedy. And it's going to be really cool seeing his wife uh, come in town and being a part of that January 20th game. Um, I don't know if you guys watched the video with her uh, getting told by the Kachucks, but, like, she was – Yep. She was just, she was elated. She, she, you know, kind of did the whole, like her hands over her mouth and was just like, wow, what an honor. Like she was very excited. So it'll be really cool to see her in town for this and, and to remember Pavel and, um, you know, and I'm sure for Keith and he said it too. So exciting to be put in at the same time as, as one of mm-hmm. his most beloved teammates. Yeah. And he gets emotional about it. It's just, I mean, how close they were. And I don't think it was known to the degree of how close they were when they were both here playing. Uh, but you kind of found that out after the fact. So how close they were. So to, uh, and, and he, yeah, he even said in the video, you know, he's going to, he's going to cry. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure he will on, uh, you know, when they're honored that night when he's talking. So, yep. It's going to be a, it'll be a good night. Uh, the, uh, Blues play the uh, Coyotes, Penguins, and the Jets. And we'll get into that on the other side of this break. You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio. We'll return after these messages. We've all tried a diet or workout fad at one time or another, but it always ends the same, right? We either lose the weight and then get back to our routine, but then put the weight right back on, or it just simply never takes hold. It's time to move into a habit-based program that focuses on organization and simplicity. Rock and That Ideal Life's Lean 30 lays it all out for you with the correct food to eat, how to meal prep, and even sprinkles in plenty of healthy recipes. With Lean 30, you'll get the full ID Life arsenal, including energy for that needed kick, a tasty nourish shake for your needed fiber intake, slim plus. Plus, to help control your cravings and provide a metabolic boost, lean capsules help bust those sugar cravings, and IED Nutrition gives you the added punch you need that takes the guesswork out of what supplements to take. Join the many who are seeing success and make this your last first day on a new program. Visit rockandthatidealife.com to get started, and remember to email Dustin at rockandthatidealife at gmail.com for an extra 10% off exclusively for Let's Go Blues radio listeners. Start your transformation to the confident, vibrant person you've always wanted to be with rockandthatidealife.com. Centerized Brewery is a beer lover's dream for hockey fans. Based in St. Louis, Missouri, owner Steve Albers has been brewing hockey-themed favorites for thirsty sports fans since 2017. From the Beauty IPA to the Old Arena Lager, a cold, frosty, hockey-themed beer is just what the doctor ordered for hockey fans in St. Louis. Make sure to check your local beer store for Center Ice Brewery Beer today. LGB. Let's go 
disappear. St. Louis hockey fans know how it takes a reliable captain and a team of hard workers to achieve major goals. As a police officer and a hockey player, realtor Mike Burgoyne would wear the C in any situation. As a leader in the home buying or selling process, Mike has surrounded himself with a team of trustworthy inspectors, lenders, and escrow officers that work together more cohesively than Hall & Oates. And as a member of many teams in his life, Mike knows the service are first responders, veterans, nurses, teachers, and yes, even you let's go blues radio listeners provide the community so we offer special rates to those individuals find the value in mike's leadership and teamwork today by emailing him at mike at strikewithmike.com or calling 314-753-4060 he'll work closely with you and only show you the homes that match your goals that email again is mike at strikewithmike.com or call him at 314-753-4060 and succeed with your new teammate today and now, back to Let's Go Blues Radio, the longest running St. Louis Blues podcast with Pre- 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 Price, Ponder, and Day. You know, I asked you guys uh, what you were doing for Halloween, and I never, I didn't even share what I was doing. <laughs> oh, uh, well, let's hear it, Amy, son. Amy and I are going to the Casaloma Ballroom for their Halloween party. Are you allowed back in there yet? <laughs> it's yeah, uh, Bill and yeah, Bill and uh, uh, my cousin Jeff and uh, I and a couple other uh, friends of ours and their girlfriends and whatnot. So we went there for the uh, Y2K celebration, uh, New Year's Eve. <laughs> and uh, wow, yeah, I'm 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 wouldn't be shocked if uh, some of our pick up faces are posted up on the wall. They're saying uh, do not serve. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What did you do? I didn't. I didn't do anything. Um, mm. But uh, you know, I, it, I ended up. I ended up holding the a trash can in the bathroom for uh, one of the people in our party uh, yeah. who was filling it up with puke. Yeah, and, I just uh, you, I just you used, can't be blamed for that. Right. You all thought the world was coming yeah, to an right. end. And and I and I had really just literally days before graduated college. So I was I was getting my Celebrating. celebration on. Yeah. And yeah, I had uh, the plastic party hat that I had um doubled as my puke bucket. Uh, oh yeah. Those don't hold puke, sir. <laughs> they do though. They do oh, yeah. until they, you stay up and knock it over when you're being thrown yeah. out. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> that was, oh. I mean, oh, that was a night. Uh, I remember. Uh, yeah, there was a Beatles cover band. Yeah. Right, playing, and uh, you know, our cousin Jeff, my cousin Jeff, is a huge Beatles fan, and uh, was the time, and he, we're on the dance floor there, and he's like wanting to like crawl up on stage or something or grab a speaker. And the, one of the band members while playing is trying to shoot him off the stage. <laughs> I'm trying to pull him down. I'm like, dude, come on. <laughs> yeah. We, we were out of hand. It was, it was, that reminds me of, that reminds me of the night that the blues won the cup. And um, we were at, I don't remember what the bar was. Uh, it was the shark bar. Oh, it, uh, yeah. at, at yeah, at Ballpark Village, but they had renamed it, right, a- for the playoff HPV? run? HPV? Yes, that's that's exactly what they renamed it. No, they renamed it because they played the Sharks in the Western Finals. So I remember what they – they named it something else for that, I think, during the Stanley Cup. Yeah, they had, an, anyway. they had something over the top of it, right? Yeah, so um, 
we uh, um, the you know Blues won. We're all partying. We're going nuts, and they invite all the girls are on on stage. Like girls, get on stage. And I didn't hear them just say girls. <laughs> so I jumped on stage and this guy's like trying to shoo me off. And there's like four guy blues fans that are like holding me and like pushing me back on stage. And I'm like, guys, he said, no guys. He said, no guys are like the blues just won the cup. Fuck it. Stay up there. Stay up there. And I'm like, and the guy was like, yeah, he's right. Blues won the cup. Everybody get uh-huh. up here. And I was like, okay, but yeah, it was it was funny because you know, guys normally are not allowed to come on stage apparently at the shark bar. No, uh, I would imagine that <laughs> they wouldn't let guys do a lot of stuff they let girls do at the shark bar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> mm. All right, uh, Blues get uh, trounced by the Coyotes six to two uh, last Thursday night after playing two pretty good games to start the season. Uh, this was simply a bad one. Uh, for the Blues, and the score was every bit representative of the actual game. Joel Hofer got to his start, uh, first start of the season. I didn't think he looked particularly good in this game. Mm-hmm. There were, there. I don't think he looked good. I don't think he looked bad. I, he, I thought there were a. Uh, I thought there were a, a. I thought there were. Okay, there are three goals that pop out in my mind. Um, that and two I didn't like at all. So it was, yeah, the, I agree. It was the, it was the, I mean, well, three, I didn't like it all. And two were worse than the other one. I guess the, the one, the, 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 the shot off his glove when he slid across, it just, it bends his glove back yeah. and, and it you was know, like, ah, and you had that. And then the, the two ones where they cut across the middle and they, they the, the five hole. Yeah. Shots. The backhand, the back, the whiffed back on, the, on Keller, cut across Keller. the middle. Keller. Yeah. yeah that was his, bad. his pad just lifted off the ice and the puck goes whoop, right under the pad. I'm like, ah, oh, dude. Yeah. And so the, I don't know, two five hole goals that the leakers that came went through, and then the the glove, the trapper one that then like, yeah, the the um, Schmaltz goal um, that he you know slid out of position and Schmaltz put it right center of the net. That yeah. that I, at end. that point yeah. at that point I was like, yeah, he's he's rattled, and you know his um, we're, we're seeing a bit of the uh, the a case of the Jake Allen's here. Yeah, I okay, let me rephrase. I don't I want to say he wasn't good and he wasn't bad. He wasn't terrible. Like that was a performance I feel like they still if they would have put up 3 4 goals and would have played better defense, they could have still won that game with some not great goaltending. But they didn't have the offense. Yeah. The defense did not help him out. No, I, I, uh, a lot of cross crease pat. Not no backdoor tapping still, which was great, but there was a lot like that first power play. They just worked the blues and just, I mean, every pass got through no sticks and lanes. Yeah. yeah it, it wasn't, it wasn't that I agree with you. It wasn't that Hofer was like the glaring problem in this game. It was, there was a bunch of stuff that was just, you could, right. just, you could it was like, you know, anything throwing the dartboard. Yeah. That was a problem. Yeah. That was a problem. We're getting, we're getting yeah. the easy talking point out of the way early. Yes, right? Just, right. The goalie wasn't yes. that great. No, I mean he he could have been could have been better. Uh, he he made some nice saves too, but uh, yeah, a couple of softies in my book. So um, the pet the PK was terrible in this game. Allowed three power play goals. Yes, um, including uh, Arizona's first goal of the game in the first period. So it's just like uh, sloppy coverage, sloppy puck management in this game. Just killed the Blues. Um, and Keller continues to kill the Blues every oh single God. game. Dude's- Dude, what did they? I, I need to look up the stats. But against the Blues, he's put up like 
24 points in like 18 games or something yeah, it's it's over it's over point a game and yeah just sign them already right and i know they're making seven million a year or something like that yeah it's, his, contract. his contract his contract's ridiculous but. it's it's just pretty high all right i gotta i gotta look it up now but yeah i whoo yeah he uh, every time he plays i'm like man like stop coming home stop coming here clayton <laughs> Stay in Arizona. You want hockey reference? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking. Uh, against the Blues, 25 games played, 11 goals, 26 points. Like, that's pretty damn good. Yeah, you're over a point a game guy. Yeah. Uh, on a team that's not, has not been particularly good, right, since he's been there. By far, well, not by far, but the most points he has against any other team. Okay. Um. He's played more games against the Ducks, uh, but that's a team he scored 21 points against. So, yeah, out he, in his in his world, he would play against the Blues 82 games a year because <laughs> he would be a 100-point scorer. Alexandrov had a bad game, a uh, couple bad turnovers, uh, misplays in center. There was one. It was one turnover coming out of the zone uh, that resulted in, a, in a, a Coyote goal, and then another one where he had a – pass he was should have easily intercepted right, right under his stick and they come in and score yep. after that so it's like it's two, two yeah, plays he had a bad game and tucker too tucker got walked same, wide same, same play, play. <laughs> yeah tucker and Alexander off that yeah. same play so i mean it, i mean just a bad that, game that, all around when you are full-on walked like that and i'm listen we've said on this show before how annoyed we used to be with um panger calling out young players but not the older players <laughs> But I'll say, man, when you are a veteran of, what, 10 games as Tyler Tucker and you get walked like that and then just overall just not good defensive coverage um, in the game, I really thought I'm like, we're going to see a defensive change here. Like, we have to mm-hmm. get, get Perunovic in there. Like, we, we're we all wanting to see Perunovic. Get him. At, this is your opportunity here. Tucker, think about <laughs> you sit in the corner and you think about what you did. You know, you <laughs> – Take him out of the game. Let Perunovic have his moment. And if that doesn't work out, put Tucker right back in next game. But, I mean, we'll get to it, but that is not what happened. No. I kind of, I kind of, it's been five games now. I was expecting to see Perunovic a little faster, a little, a little sooner. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> than, than maybe next game. Yeah. So. And that was the perfect opportunity, the, the perfect reason for it to happen in the Penguins game. But, no. Arizona was a three for four in the power play. Blues were over two. Uh, the Blues lost a faceoff battle, forty four point six percent to fifty five point four percent. Hofer finished his first start of the season with a negative two point one one goals saved above expected, which is below expected. <laughs> uh, stopped thirty six out of forty two <laughs> shots, uh, and three of the goals against uh, we talked about that were from uh, by the well, from low and medium danger areas. So, and the other three yeah. were of course high yeah, and, and, you know, and again, we, we'll talk about this trend here a little bit, probably more, but, um, you know, the fact that he faced 42 shots. Yes. I mean, that that's a lot of shots. And listen, I, I said this during the game, and I still believe it. Coyotes are a much better team than I think people are giving them credit for. I think they are going to be battling for a playoff spot this year. I don't think they'll get it. I think they'll be there. Um, so they're better than, than what people are giving them credit for, but. I mean, their offense was prolific in this game. And it wasn't just like Arizona just 
had it this this night. It was the Blues played awful. Mm-hmm. They did not cover guys. They weren't picking guys up, yeah, that, and shots were coming from everywhere on the ice. Just not a good game. Yeah, the Jersey power play goal was just disgusting. I mean, yeah. I've he was allowed to to walk to the ladies' tee, and <laughs> Nick Letty had time to try to get out and cut him off, and instead he slid off to the side of the net. And you know that just if I'm Joel Hofer, I'm like, "Fuck, are you doing? Yeah, you know, why are you even out right. here? <laughs> With, if if you're not going to try to cut the lane down, Jesus Christ, what is your purpose on you know on this PK?" It was terrible. Yeah. Just absolutely no, that, disgusting that, by that point. Well, and then just a super clean face-off win, too. Like, when we, you talked about the face-off battle, Kurt. Face-offs were bad for the Blues this game. Mm-hmm. And every one that the Coyotes won, it was like this goal that, that Bill's talking about. It was a clean, super clean win. And then, like you said, like, parting of the, the Red Seas. Uh, the Red Sea. It was the Blues just stepping aside, and Dursey literally just... I felt like he was looking like, okay, where's my challenge? You know, Mm -hmm. like when is somebody going to step up on me? And nobody ever did. And he just kept gliding towards the net and took a shot and scored. It's just, yeah, you you gave him a freebie on that one. Uh, The Blues did bounce back uh, the following game and beat the Penguins four to two um, to close up the homestand. The, you know, this is how after a good, decent first couple games of the season, the Blues played, you know, poorly in, in the third game against Arizona. And as expected, fans were out in the streets with pitchforks, uh, just skies falling. You know, the Blues had a bad, terrible game, and they're like, this is who they are. Okay. You know, it's it's the bipolar nature of of uh, social do you, media. Do we want to talk about Justin Scott's comment now, oh. or do we want to wait? Sure, go ahead. Bring it up. You got it? Uh, here we go. He says, we are not into the hockey portion of the show quite yet. That was earlier, obviously. But I truly do believe people are blowing these one-game losses way out of proportion. Uh, people are doing way too much panicking. Um, that's, that's, let me that's ask you guys a question <laughs> before we really get into it. I, I want to ask you guys a question. How angry have you been with these losses? The the Coyotes game, I was, I was angry and, like, had that going to be a long season kind of feel, but I didn't take the social media and, you know, I was annoyed. I, I was yeah. annoyed. I was annoyed. The, annoyed. I was annoyed at the Arizona game because uh, it just looked like, you know, cause they played, they played, I thought they played pretty well the first two games, you know, they had good and defensively. They were, they were good. They got good goaltending, which helps. Right. Um, but, you know, and the third game was a drop off, a big drop off. So, you know, when I'm watching this game, I'm thinking, you know, if the first two games had sucked and they've been terrible in the first two games and they played like this against Arizona, I think I'd been a lot more more irritated. But I was, you know, that, well, they played two good ones. They played a crap game. Uh, we'll see how they rebound. I, I'm totally, I've always been a guy who's like, well, this game sucks. You get irritated, you get angry at, at individual plays or efforts or whatever. But, you know, it's to me, it's like, okay, next game, you got to show me something. You got to rebound. A certain way you gotta you gotta improve your play you gotta fix what you did wrong uh coming off that bad loss if you string together a bunch of losses in a row like we saw against arizona then i get angry and irritated and all the vitriol on on social media is kind of justified because the team's just not just playing like ass over a longer period of time one game though like justin scott says yeah i mean they're throwaway games right yeah i mean so See, as long I- as they don't keep doing this in a, in a, in a series of games 
I think uh, annoyed is the perfect word for me too, because um, especially after, like you said, this Coyotes game, I was annoyed. I was like, because like you said, you know, first two games they played well. You got kind of high hopes, like okay, division rival again here. Um, you know, a team that really might be on the same level as the Blues this year. Let's just see a good effort. And so it was annoying to see just them get worked all night long. But overall, in this game and then the Jets game, uh, which we'll talk about later, I was like, you know, this is just kind of what I expected with this team. You know, like we're not – I've kind of let myself get out of the let's see what we can do in the playoffs, like let's just get there kind of mode and just say this team probably isn't going to make the playoffs. So why get all bent out of shape? If the Blues are are going to lose a couple games here, and that's there. that's um, that's an interesting, and I've thought about that. That's a, it's a good take that that it's almost like people need a reality check, right? Because the expectations of this team going into the season were there's a good chance they're going to miss the playoffs. I mean, that shouldn't be that yeah. should if they miss, they, it shouldn't surprise anyone, right? Because that would that was kind of the general expectation. If they do make the playoffs, hey, then they're they're better than they, than you thought, okay? But and yep. it's a great point because and people get all upset about this the first bad loss of the season right and it's again game three and people get all bent out of shape online like what did you think this team was i mean i I did the first two games give you false hope as far as like well the defense is playing pretty well they're the goaltending is getting the you know they're getting great goaltending uh and then the forwards should come around right because the 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 offense should be the strongest part of this team but you know that hasn't been the case so far this season yeah, I'll say that um, I have not been angry at all. I mean, I've been a little, like you said, annoyed, maybe slightly angry towards some of the choices on some guys playing <coughs> Scandella. <coughs> excuse me, but Personal outside decision. of that, and, and that's always a, that's yeah. always a fan thing. It's person who's playing yeah. what? It's no, no matter what sport it is. Yeah, fans right. have the and so I, <laughs> I, I yeah, I, so I, I I'm not gonna say I've been really angry at all. I've just for one at this point in the season. I'm just happy hockey's back. <laughs> like I'm sitting here, like I'm sitting yeah. here watching hockey right. on a fucking Thursday night. Yeah. Like this is great. Um, so there's that aspect of it. And, and yeah, my expectations are tempered. I'm, I, you know, last year, if this was how they started the year last year, which it kind of was, uh, I was a little pissed because the thought was yeah. this team came close to beating the avalanche, the Stanley cup champions in the playoffs the previous year. Let's see them do that again. And uh, it just it wasn't there. So last year, yeah, there was some anger. But right now, no, I, I this is this is kind of what I'm expecting a 500 hockey team, and that's right where we're at right now. So I I had commented before the Pittsburgh game, uh, like the morning of, I guess, um, that if the Blues played well and they win, will the outraged fans uh, from Game Three? apologize <laughs> for <laughs> for losing it right over one game and uh there are a bunch of people that replied and said uh, no there's nothing to apologize for they put like ass blah 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 okay so and they did they did play well against pittsburgh and they did win and uh so it was like and i was and i just i just kind of laughed i was like you know it's just like a will this you know let people know that hey maybe don't overreact over one game you know, and uh, but no, that's not going to be the case. So fans are going to fan. Yeah. Um, 
Bennington was back in that in this game, made 31 saves. Uh, Brandon Saad scored twice in a 4-2 Blues win versus the Penguins. I thought Saad could have had four goals in this game. He was a man possessed in this and game. It's funny because he had two Ooh. goals, and I'm thinking he didn't play very good because he could have scored four or five, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you score two or three less goals than you should have, um, I don't know. He was, I mean, that the effort on that first goal from not just him, but Cairo and Thomas to, to keep that play going and, and, you know, Pittsburgh kind of laid down and died there towards the end of it. But yeah, they, uh, man, they were going and I'm like, Ooh, look out. This line might be what this team's hoping for right now. Yeah. Saad was playing on that top line, uh, with Bushnevich out. So that, uh, yeah, I mean, and that, that, that was a goal mouth scramble. Right. Uh, and Thomas made a nice play. Well, it would have been a nice play over to Cairo, but it goes off a, a skate, a defenseman's skate, and then right to yeah. uh, right to Saad who buried it. So, yeah, and you know it's, it's it's that dreaded you know offensive guy gets to bury the puck in the center of the net kind of situation, like in you know the the Arizona game for us. So it it was uh, had a good feeling after this goal, like yeah, we we righted the ship. Yep. Although full disclosure, I watched this on replay Sunday morning um, after. Me too. I was at the city games Saturday night. So, <clears throat> oh, unfortunate. I had a much more fun. Well, it was. I'm sure it was still fun. It was. But I had a a very fun evening. I told. I know. I told you guys about it last year. You should come to me next year. Beer fest at St. Louis Science Center. Uh, all the local breweries get together. They just sample beer all night, um, and then they get a bunch of other ones. There's some from New York, Colorado that came. So. It was it's it's a blast. So yeah, we sat around and got drunk at the science center. That was fun. what's the what's the beer fest that Urban Chestnut has every year? The the Wolpertinger. Wolpertinger, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. That thing where yeah. all the all the, the tons of breweries there, uh, just uh, giving out, you know, you, you get a mug and you just go around. Um that was that was fun. Went there a couple years ago. Probably three four years ago. Um so, yeah, South scores in the first period. Um, uh, then Malkin ties it up late in the first. Just seconds to go. Blues were uh, on the power play. It had just expired. Malkin comes out of the box. Uh, the Penguins go to clear the puck, and it goes is right to Krug at the point and bounces over a stick. <clears throat> and it goes right to Malkin, who's got all the time in the world just skating on Bennington, slows down, takes his time. What, what, did this, what does this goal remind you guys of? Remind me of uh, no, Petrangelo at the point. <laughs> well, yes, um, but no, I was thinking Taves' goal in two thousand. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Where like that was that was right come, comes right out of the box, yeah. right on his team. That was he has all the time. In that the was world. such a yeah. They were both bad luck. That that the Taves one was a was like Duncan Keith right just turned around and wheeled it and fired it out of the zone. He said he, and it was he right, swears he did not know he was yeah, there. Yeah, it was right on his tape. He was just shooting the puck out yeah. right on his tape. Yeah. Yeah, that, and that, this one, it was clearly a pass. Like, penalties ex- almost expired. And the Blues were kind of pressuring. Mm-hmm. So, I don't – it's so easy for people to get pissed at Krug for that puck going over a stick. <clears throat> he's trying to keep the play alive. And, you know, he's – the Blues are, are bearing down on the goal – this is just one of those unfortunate, like, went over the tape, boom. It's only one of the best goal scorers in NHL history that's coming out of the box. Um, you know, you hope Bennington makes that save. But then again, even if he makes that save and there's a rebound, there's nobody yeah. within 30 feet of Evgeny Malkin. So, 
Um, you know, just an unfortunate play, I think, for the Blues. And I it really didn't even upset me when I saw it. It annoyed me because after the Blues had played a very good, played a really good first period, I thought, and mm-hmm. uh, we're up one nothing. I thought, okay, well, the league one in the second, <clears throat> and then. That shit happens in what six seconds to go or something in the period. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's bad luck. I see why you're upset about yeah. it, but I'm saying I don't blame anyone in right. particular. It, it, that, but no. I wanted to. I wanted to. I did too. Like, I, I, went back I, and I watched it too. like three or four times. Like, whose fault was this? Uh, it's just a shitty bounce. You know, I guess. I mean, what no. what what could else have happened? You could have said, well, you know, crew could have went down on one knee and and made sure it didn't leave the zone. No. Or you could have, you know, he could have gotten his leg in front of it to make sure it didn't hop over a stick. Would have, could have, but that's not typically because he's looking to corral it and shoot or pass, right? Exactly. So that that's the point. He's he, you can tell the way he played it. He was trying to get it and stop it, and then in the same motion, whip a shot back on yeah, net, it, and it just unfortunate didn't shit work happens. out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, second period, uh, Kapanen created something out of nothing. Fantastic goal, uh, fantastic uh, setup, I guess, by Kapanen. Mm-hmm. He dances around a couple of Penguins players in the slot. Drew Jari out of the net uh, as as he went wide on the goal and slides a pass uh, to Neighbors just out of his, the reach of Jari's glove. Uh, who Neighbors at the, at the edge of the crease and for a tap in on the far side. Beautiful, beautiful play by Kapanen. Yeah, uh, Kapanen was buzzing this game. Yeah, um, yeah, you could tell he was like, "Fuck you, Pittsburgh." I'm- <laughs> <laughs> pulling a Ron Burgundy. Fuck you, Pittsburgh. He was uh he was raring to go and he, that move. That's the best move. That's the best play he's made as a St. Louis Blue. Yeah, the the only only guy on this team that uh, wasn't really buzzing and still had a solid game was Sunquist, right? You know, Pittsburgh ties Brandon Saad from there. Uh Kapanen cut by them. Yeah. Beautiful games by those guys, and that yep. love to see Blues getting on highlight reels doesn't happen often yeah. enough. And then uh, there was a break-in play by Toropchenko, <clears throat> stopped by Jari. The the puck came to Pareko at the point. After that, he lets go a booming slap shot, whizzes by Jari, uh, and in with the help of a Sunquist uh, screen in front. It's been a while since we've seen that out of Pareko, and what is really good to see. This season, I think, and we can talk about this more a little bit later, but uh, Pareko, I mean, he's he's doing everything he wasn't doing last season, right? He's he's, he's yep. carrying the puck out of zone. He's he's dominant in the neutral zone as far as uh, uh, progression of the puck up the zone, up the ice. Uh, and he's got that, he's he's got a goal now from the from the point on a nice shot that, uh, that he needs to get on goal more. Again, Justin Scott uh, in the chat, Pareko has been a very good bright spot. Yes, he has. He has had a great start to the year. And, and that's huge. Uh, yeah, that that booming shot. I mean, I missed that. That I feel like we, not even the cup year, I feel like we saw that more his like first two or yeah. three seasons mm-hmm. in the NHL. Yeah. And we just don't see it. He just got, I mean, it's there, but it's never on net. Right. That's the thing. Yeah. You know, he'll let it go, right. but it's like it's like six feet wide. Right. It's yep. you, you kind of wonder if it was, um, you know, him being afraid of hitting somebody and killing them uh, or if it, it just that the blues are like you're turning the puck over by shooting. So, you know, taking the booming slapper. So just throw wrist shots at the goal. Um, but, yeah, whatever, whatever it is, he he came into this season with a different focus and is is playing to his strengths. And it's it's amazing to see. Um, if we can get him a good partner, it'll be all the better. I was hoping 
on the replay that it wasn't tipped. I wanted him to get this goal. Yeah. You know, I, I wanted this to be yeah. Although Sonny, great net front presence. Mm-hmm. Sure. With great, yeah. great screen of Jari. Well, yeah. And Pittsburgh did a bad job of of coverage. And so. I don't care if you got a 110 mile an hour shot coming at the net. You know, if there's no screen, the goalie's going to stop it. Right. I, I think right. they said it was 87 miles per hour. Uh, Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> I was surprised to see. Did you see what the hardest shit? Did you guys take a look at the new NHL Edge stats that, that are coming no, out? I haven't seen it. The, yeah, they they released a lot more of the, uh, the tracking stats. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's all the tracking stats that has not been available to us, um, anyone. Uh, but it is available now. I think it's NHL.com slash edge, I believe is how you get to it. Um, the hardest shot last year in a game, surprisingly, was like was like 102.1. And I'm like, man, I really thought music. the way some of these guys one-time <laughs> it. Yeah, right. I really thought the way these guys one-time it. I'm like, these shots are probably coming in harder than we see in the slap shot competition. But clearly not. The uh, I, I'm, I'm there right now on edge, and you can select team... Man, goaltending stats are interesting. Yes, um, there's some very – you. I could lose a whole day on that site. There's some – apparently, you guys know who recorded the fastest skate time by a defenseman uh, all of last season? Was it Preco? No. Okay, Preco's up there. You, I could probably give you – I'm not kidding – 80 guesses, and you would never get it. Vince uh, Jack Johnson. Jack Johnson. He's the slowest. There was apparently one play where he just booked it, and he booked recorded it. the fastest skating time from any defenseman. He faster than McCarr, faster than Gerard, all of them. Yeah, they, he and McCarr swapped trackers <laughs> in between. Trackers, yeah, there's, <laughs> there's no way. Either that or he saved up all of his speed for his entire career and burned it on one skate. Yeah, because apparently his like average speed was like ridiculously lower than that, but he just had this one burst that just jetted him across the rink. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting stuff to see what guys can do um, yeah. in the moment. So yeah, definitely check that out of fans if you haven't yet. Uh, Sod got his second of the game on a two-on-one with Thomas. Uh, Sod just uh, picked top shelf on uh, Jari. Great shot by Sod. Um, and then Pittsburgh got their second goal of the game late in the third to cut the lead to four to two. Fluky play, uh, saved by Bennington. Rebound goes off Belay in front, lands at the side of the net, far post, where a Pittsburgh player had just come from behind the net and just kind of just slammed it in. Uh, Bennington almost got over to get it too, but uh, but he couldn't. So kind of a bad luck goaler. Yeah, I hated seeing him give up a second goal, but like you said, fluky play, shit's gonna happen. Yeah. Um. You know, even Bill Day has given up a fluky goal or two in his day. <laughs> He's also made fluky saves in his day. Which does, doesn't happen at the NHL level very often. Uh, the Blues route shot in this game at 33 to 21, which has been a theme this season. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They did, I mean, shots on goal have not been, you know, in abundance for the Blues. I, I will say the good news is I think they have been giving up a lot of shots, but I think the quality chances have gone down in comparison to last year. Yeah, for uh, sure. Uh, against shots against. Yeah, yes. I, I agree. Yes, sorry. I, I agree. And, and, and I think, you know, when people just look at shots against versus, you know, shots for, obviously you want to have more shots on net. I mean, it looks, looks good. Right. And less against you get it. Right. I get it. 
But no, I agree. The so many of these shots against are from the outside, and mm-hmm. there's not a ton of chances in close. You know, teams are going to get chances in close. They're professional hockey players. They're good. They're going to get some chances. But I, yeah, I agree with you. The, they, they've limited these chances, uh, especially compared to last season, uh, quite yeah. a bit. And so, you know, you know, take the shots against uh, with a grain of salt uh, to some degree because you gotta you gotta watch the games, right? You gotta see where these shots are coming from and how dangerous these chances are. Because um, if, if if teams are going to be peppering Bennington and shooting from everywhere, well, you can't. And the Blues are blocking a lot of shots too. Despite my rant last week, I do think that um, this is where maybe looking at your advanced stats does help because even though there's been high-danger chances that they were not recorded as high-danger chances, for the most part, those kind of low versus medium versus high-danger chances will tell you the Blues defense is doing better by comparison than it was last year because, yeah, the, Bennington would tell you, any goalie would tell you, Bill, right? Um Give me a shot that I can see from 30 feet out all day. I can handle that. Like, it's the fucking backdoor tappings. It's the booming slap. It's 10 p.m. Do you know where your children are? Not even close. It, it, not even close. It's 10 p.m. somewhere. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> but, no, it's the booming slap shots that have the – the fucking three people in front of them. It's the it's the turnover right in front of the net that is leading to a scoring chance. Yeah. Like that's the kind of shit that I think wore Biddington down last year. I think this type of play, even though he's facing 35, 40 shots a game at sometimes, I think he would take this all day over what he faced last year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, thank God he wasn't in net in the uh, Arizona game. Like, you know, if somebody's going to take a, a lump, I'd rather it be um, Hofer, right? Let him let him uh, get a little calloused with some some bad play in front of him. Um, but, yeah, um, still think about that Jersey goal. And, you know, nobody cutting him off, letting him take a booming slap shot from 20 feet, right? That, that you almost have to say, well, we could argue that that's a high-danger scoring chance because – if you get to tee it up from the hash marks, you're probably mm-hmm. going to score. And yeah, it's the, the team has done a good job of eliminating secondary chances. I think that's, that's been a huge part of it. Um, go back to uh, first game of the year, sod clearing the puck off the line, you know, with, with everybody's crash in the net. Um, I, I think they've done a very good job to this point. You know, it's funny because people, have noticed that the defensive uh, the defense has, has improved, but they're saying, "Well, the offense has suffered as a result of the new defensive scheme." And I don't think that's necessarily the case because when the the Blues have had chances, right? But they and they've had trouble finishing. Mm-hmm. They've had some golden chances. Cairo two breakaways against Winnipeg. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say first period of last night's game. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, and they, they just haven't, they haven't buried enough of their golden chances. Uh, you would like to think the pendulum would swing back the other way. And we start to see some of those shots go in um, a little more than they are now, 
but uh, you know their their zone time is suffering. Um, that's a problem, and that has to do with you know if they get a shot, a chance, but they don't get second chances. So they've got to work on getting second chances. They got to work on sustained offensive zone time because these sustained offensive zone time, you know, best offense offense is a best defense is a good offense. If you've got the puck in the offensive zone, they're not pepping your goalie with shots either. So if you can get a little more zone time, that's a little less time they're going to be in your zone. So and yeah, I, I and more um, shots for I you. I forget what the idiom. I forget what the idiom is, but it's um uh whatever it is about um what just because one thing's true doesn't mean the other thing has to be true. Um, you know, you mentioned people have said the defense is better, but the offense is suffering because of it. Uh, yeah. I think the offense is suffering because the offense is suffering. Yeah. I don't I don't think it's like, well, they implemented this new system on D and the Blues just no, because the Blues still have this the breakout strategy to me has improved. I think it looks better. Um they're just they're not like they're getting a chance on the breakout, but then they're not maintaining puck control. They're not getting somebody crashing on the rebound who's going to like slide it back to the point and then the point works it around. Like we're not seeing that overall pressure. We saw it a little bit, I think, last night, actually. Um, I think there were points in the game where they looked better than they've looked all year. Um, you know, I know it's, again, small sample size. But, you know, I think last night they had moments where it was like, okay, this is what the offense needs to do. It's just they couldn't beat Hellebuck. Hellebuck he was good. Uh, has been a – a blues killer in certain right. instances. Well, they say his record was like and 11, he, uh, like, was it 13, five and one or two or something against the blues. Something it's like pretty that. good. And his, his GAA is like, I think right at two or right under it. Like he's, he's been a good goalie against the blues. He's, and so in, in, like I said, that just, first period, which will oh, go ahead. I was going to say, he's just been a good goalie, right? Vesna candidate yeah. several years in a row, right? Yeah. Or several, right. It, it, many seasons in the last five, right? He's been right up there in that conversation. And yep. yeah, he, he had, you know, apart from the, the 2019 uh, playoff run, he's played so well against us. And it wasn't that he played bad, just Bennington outplayed him in that series. Yeah. You, yep. you know, and Jaden Schwartz was on a tear yeah. in that series. Yes. The uh, you know the idea that the offense is suffering because the defense is playing better. I think when people say that, it's like a talking point. It's like nonsensical. Uh, it's like if you were to ask them, uh, "Oh, can you explain it?" They they can't. They don't. They they have nothing. It's like, oh, well, it just sounds good, you know. Because now, as a as, as a Hitchcock coach team, that was definitely the case because he stressed mm-hmm. we don't need to control the puck. We just need to keep players to the outside and then take our chances when we can. Yeah, but, but that's not what this team is. No, and right and now. they've they've had entering the zone. They've been okay, but they just haven't been in there that long. So it's not like they're yeah. not trying to get into the zone where they're playing safe. They're not doing that. They're they're entering the zone, but they're not getting any sustained offensive zone time. Right. Um, well, and um, I don't remember who it was. Um, I want to say it was maybe Robert Thomas had commented uh, recently, either after the, the Arizona game or after this game last night against Winnipeg, um, that they're not on the forecheck the way they know they need to be. Yeah. Uh, they're not getting deep into the zone and, and attacking the defenseman and making their jobs hell. And excuse me. And uh, yeah, I, I think that if the Blues were to do that a little bit better, and and maybe that just comes with time. Maybe mm-hmm. these guys just need to work together a little bit more. 
maybe we see that a little more. But yeah, it just feels like the Blues don't. And again, it's you know we've got different personnel since the 2019 team. Things are a little different, but still, like that forecheck to me. And again, I think at points last night it looked great. There was one point where Kyrou went behind the net and stole the puck from a, a Winnipeg defenseman, and Thomas was right there to help him out. And it was like these are the guys that need to be leading the charge, and they were doing it. So I think I think we're getting there. I think it's just taking a little time for this team to be able to figure that out. Yeah, I, to me, I think the narrative's more. You know, it, it, it's a team that's adopted a new system and on the defensive side of the puck and. And they're they're putting more of their mental energy to that, um, which may be slowing down the game. And it's it's just a matter of time before they get it figured out. Um, but again, it's always going to come down to execution when you're in the offensive zone, and that's that is just not happening with this team right now. And uh, just real quick MLS update. Uh, yes, I'm watching. The game is going to Cincinnati, San Jose game to determine who we play first round is going to PKs. Yep. Nil nil this through is, uh, 95. There has been some chances oh, I, in this game. I forgot game. it was even on. San Jose and. So bit. Okay. Yeah, San Jose and KC. This game has been. Woo, yeah. There have been some chances the last like 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. Johnny What's Russell it? getting cut down right outside the box twice in the last Ooh. 20 minutes. What's the score? And can't yep. convert. Nothing, nothing. Nil, nil. And the Bears are winning. <laughs> the Bears. To go back to your intro. Right. Yeah. It's a thing. It's a callback. It's a callback. It's, it's a thing. Comedy. Let me, let me pull up. That's like, that's a thing in podcasts, right? Callbacks. Yes. Sure. Callbacks. Yeah. Okay. Foreshadowing. I'm, ju- I'm still learning podcast lingo. I've only been in this industry for. 12 yeah, years, 13, 13. years. <laughs> it's, it's because you spend so much time in the media. That's what it is. Yes, 100%. Is it, I was in the media. It, see, that's another callback, but to a previous show. <laughs> or every other show we've ever done. Sweetest stud muffins, right, Kurt? Yeah. <laughs> does, anybody, does anybody else hate Apple TV? Yes. Yes. Jeff and I had that. God, talking about, about it before. Got on. It is so bad. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It really is. I and trying. Oh God, subscribe? No, I don't want to subscribe. I'm already, already a, a subscriber. I'm already a subscriber. I got to log in again. Come Kurt, on. do you uh, do you want me to start jumping in talking about the game here no. so you can figure that out? No. Uh, you want to go ahead? Yeah, I'll do. Yeah, I'll do yeah, it. Sure. I'll, I'll handle it. Right. Uh, so Blues and Jets Tuesday night. Blues do drop this one, unfortunately, to the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, first big note out of this one is Doug Armstrong, which I did not know until they put this out there uh the doug armstrong that was his 1000th regular season game as the blues gm uh under his watch the team's record is 560 333 and 107 that is a 0.614 points percentage um keep in mind this team is uh they made the playoffs Oh, goodness. They put the stat up last night. I want to say it was 12 out of 14 seasons under his watch. Uh, they made the playoffs, which is, hey, that's that's fucking phenomenal. Um, I've had my qualms with Doug Armstrong. I have a, fu- a few now. I had a lot more back before they won the Cup. Mm-hmm. But uh, he has had some impressive teams, and he's gotten into the playoffs a ton. He's made some weird choices here and there, but overall, um, you know, one of the best GMs to ever GM, right? I mean, I, it's weird to say that, but it's true. I mean, he's only won one Stanley Cup, but in terms of regular season success, mm-hmm. 
He's had a ton of it. Yeah, he knows he knows how to put together a, a very very good core to be very competitive in regular seasons. It's just this these fringe years like we're in now. That's where it's like, you know, he's he's really out of his comfort zone. Um and you know not not willing to blow it up and start from scratch, but willing to suffer mediocrity um yeah. so that we can get back to it in a year or two. I mean, I, I respect that. It's painful. You know, last year was very painful. Um, but you know, shit. We're we're still yeah. we're still basking in the glory of twenty nineteen. Right. If if we're saying that when we get to twenty twenty nine, then it's a problem. Right. <laughs> yeah. But hey, you know, the blues haven't made the playoffs in ten years, but remember when we won that one Stanley Cup ten years ago? Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Hopefully that's not the case. I yeah, and I um, you know, we've all questioned many of his moves, but overall, you know, and I'll say I've looked back to his Dallas days, and I do think, you know, he was a young GM at the time. Um, you know, oh, we got a save yeah. in the Milia, uh, MLS shootout. He there. is the savingest goaltender when it comes to PKs in MLS history. Ooh. So I did not know that. There's your little factoid of uh, the evening for for you MLS fans. Yeah, um, yeah. I, uh, um, I it, that was one thing. My big knock against him when the Stars entered their rebuild, they had like no draft picks. Like there was. No first round picks, very little second round picks. They didn't have any prospects in the cupboard. And it was holy shit. Doug Armstrong left that team to die. And um, I was afraid with the Yori Laterra trade, the Braden Shen trade, um, I'm sorry, the um, Ryan O'Reilly trade. I was a little concerned. I'm like, oh my God, he's doing the same thing here. And then when the team sucked at the start of 2018, 2019. Um, what just happened? That was the worst penalty kick I've ever seen in my life. What just happened? We just saw two consecutive saves in the PKs. That never happens. Uh, but but what is he doing? He didn't even like the the goalie didn't <laughs> even have to dive and was able to reach back the because just it was stood there. He rolled it at the net. Oh my god! I've never seen that. Oh before. my god! Uh, I think I'm a I'm I think I'm ahead of you. Yeah, it's yeah, I think you are. This is, yeah, I have not seen this yet. This is working out to build that great rivalry. It, it's right now. Oh, it is. Huh? Yeah. Kurt's not even getting oh here. Oh, my I'm not, God. Because <laughs> the Apple right. TV fucking sucks. You have to, you, first you have to watch the messy documentary and then they'll let right. you watch the game. <laughs> then you got to watch all three seasons of Ted Lasso. <laughs> I'll get there eventually. All right. Anyway, um, yeah. So no, Doug Armstrong, one thousand game. Congratulations to him. I'm sure we'll see something uh, rewarding that in the um, the the next Blues home game. Uh, so in this game, Jordan Bennington, uh, of course, comes back in the net after that Pittsburgh win. Um, the Jets were without their head coach Rick Bonus. Uh, unfortunately, his wife suffered a seizure seizure on uh, Sunday, which. Um, I did not, again, I didn't know that until the game started. I was like, oh, shit. Uh, that's unfortunate. Um, so, uh, Buchnevich returns to the lineup after missing a couple games and uh, had a goal and an assist in this game. So, were you, Bill, were you surprised to see uh, Buchnevich back so quickly? Um, I was. Um, 
it, it, he's he's been so injury prone. I expect him. And last year he had that one injury that just lingered. Right. It, it just seemed like he kept him out for a, a good week, you know, a good three weeks past when we expected him back. Um, and I thought for sure he was going to get injured once I saw he was in the lineup. Like, oh, well, they'll put him out there and he'll get injured. But no, no, he got the Blues power play goal. Yep. Our first yeah, of the year. Great. That was a damn good tip, too. And, of course, it was Buchnevich because that's the guy we've been missing yes. uh, since game two for the power play. So, yeah, that was a, a great tip. And, uh, yeah, Blues, uh, that was a nice start for the power play there because, yeah, it has been dismal, to say the least, to open the season. All right. Um, San Jose so again, we save. So we uh, we talked about uh, Kairou a little bit earlier. Uh, within the first five minutes of the game, Kairou breaks in, shoots it off the far pad. Uh, Brandon Saad had a wide open net and just misses. Put it right back into Hellebuck off his pad. Uh, but uh, but uh, let's see, Kurt's notes here. If Hellebuck uh, wasn't there, I think Saad's shot goes wide and misses the entire net. Yeah, look at I that. think you're right. Yeah, or 100%. or grazes the post, or it doesn't go in. I don't think. Yeah, no, it doesn't. I agree. Just a well, not a very good shot by Saad. Kurt, you got the game on? It's loading up right now. This fucking Apple TV. Okay, there we go. It's up. <laughs> You're going to get, like, the last shot. <laughs> <laughs> I got it now. It's 3-1, to one, uh, KC. Okay. And San Jose needs to score. I, I don't know where you guys are at, but that's... I think you're probably right on with Bill. I think I'm, like, about yeah. 15, 10, 15 seconds behind. Okay. Yeah. So now it comes down to San Jose needing a save. Sorry for the spoiler, Jeff. You know, I'm almost rooting. Okay. I'm all, I almost want KC to win just because I want the St. Louis KC right. matchup. I want it so bad. You want that rivalry. I want I want to I want to beat KC, yeah, in the playoffs. And plus San Jose just beat us, so fuck them. Uh, do you want me to keep going, oh. Kurt, or you want to take oh. it over? We're right here. Where 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 you leave off? Uh, <laughs> a few minutes into the second period. Well, okay, so we're so we're done here in the first period. Uh, again, the Blues, so many chances in that first period. It was, it was nuts, man. I'm like, they are got to put one of these in. And I said that at the end of the game when they lost. I'm like, sorry, spoiler alert. But like, I was like, if they capitalize on one of those chances in the first period i think that's a whole different game but they just could not capitalize like you said kairu with the multiple breakaways you thought man eventually he's got to put one of those in but just could not capitalize and the blues just end of the first period without a goal which was crazy after the chances they had yeah and it's and then a few minutes into the second period right uh winnipeg scores one nothing um, yep. Uh, you know, and this was a missed missed assignment, not paying attention. You're, you're puck watching. You're not paying attention. You know, who's coming on the ice and where they're going. You know, these players came off the bench and they, you know, Sunquist wasn't looking. And uh, who else was it? Was it Shen? Uh, somebody else. Neighbors. No. Uh, yeah. It was Sunquist and Neighbors that Sunquist didn't pick him up. And the Neighbors was kind of off to the in the slot. And he didn't, he was like guarding nobody. 
Yeah. So to me, the four, the well, forwards was didn't Steve pick Dell up the, the, front the too, forwards right. didn't pick up the players coming in the zone. Yeah. Yeah. To me, it was it was Scandello and bad board play. Right. Had it had a chance yeah. to to squeeze a guy off of the boards and let him go uh, before continue, that. Yeah, yeah. Continue behind the net and uh, yeah. Nobody picked Gustafson coming in from the slot. Yeah. And well, and, and Scandella's my point on on my point on Scandella, and I think maybe I'm maybe I'm just picking on Scandella because it could have been really him or either of the four forwards um you gotta be aware that there's a guy coming from the bench and he's streaking to the net and nobody was even he just slipped through everyone and i know that like you know it was a bang bang play again guys fresh off the bench coming in as hard as he can nobody's picking him up like not one person looks over and says oh look at this guy coming in holy shit i should probably at least try and tie up a stick there was none of that on this and he's play. Just, they just let him go right he's there. Just, uncontested. He's just teeing off on the and kudos to you know Winnipeg for taking advantage of that. You know they, they executed perfectly and just teed off. You know from the was it the, I don't know where was the face off dot or, or yeah in between pretty the, much face off dot. Yeah, it was just yeah. I mean come on. So uh, you know and a few seconds later Winnipeg does it again. Same kind of pass play from behind the end red line right to the soft spot between the D and the O. Uh, One timer by Appleton. And uh, it's by Bennington to make it two nothing, and then uh, uh, Ruby called the timeout here. It should have been, you know, I mean, when you allow these goals, you look back on. You, you, I, I do anyway. I look. I'll pull them up on NHL.com and I'll kind of just like slow it down, look at the replay, and say, okay, what went wrong here? Who who wasn't where they were supposed to be, or was it just a really good play that was really hard to defend? And you tip your cap. You know, this both these last two goals were not that. They were just, you know, guys puck watching, not paying attention to who's, you know, in that soft spot in that soft zone. Four is not coming back to to pick up that guy. So, I mean, and then the timeout gets well, called. This one after that. This one, there. I think there was four guys in no man's land. Yeah. they were all just kind of. I thought it was Shen watching it, the. Play. I thought yeah. Shen was caught standing still at this point on this one. So it, he so he was he was way too deep. Like yeah, I think right. you got to write in the notes, right? Yeah. He was he was way too deep, but I think he felt like he had to be there because Scandella was out of position, missing missing a check on the boards, letting the guy get yep. behind to slide in, and and so Shen's collapsing down close to the net. There's zero communication from Scandella saying, "Hey, move out, I'm coming," and Shen just is dead, dead right at the top it, of the crease. You said no communication. I feel like there's no communication between all four guys yeah, right there. Sure. Like, not one of them was like, I got him, go. Like, go cover him at the point, you know, get on the pass. You know, there was none of that. They were all just standing there. And it was, again, like, how many times do we see this last year where the Blues give up a goal and they instantly give up another one? And it was just, Jesus, guys, like – Get your fucking heads in the game. And I know that that's like the, the cliche that everyone's going to, oh, they're not paying attention. No, it's it's like, okay, guys, we just gave up a goal. Let's focus. Let's button down. And it was a lot of the same guys on the ice as the first goal. And it was just, come on, like, pay attention. You can't just be standing in no man's land and and just – let that guy take the shot again. Very similar to the first goal, just on the other side of the yeah. net. Just a just lack of responsibility, and it and it cost the Blues two goals, and and uh, uh, more or less the difference in the game. Right? I mean, it was the the first two goals of the game for Winnipeg, and the the Blues got on the board, you know, uh, late in the second period. Finally, power play goal. Hallelujah! 
the first of 13 tries. Uh, the season, Shen uh, feeds Bushnevich in the slot, who redirects the pass up and over Hellebuck under the bar, uh, top shelf. Uh, beautiful, beautiful uh, uh, redirection. Um, yep. For, so, two to one lead for Winnipeg going to the third. Early in the third period, the Blues won the faceoff in their own zone, gained possession, but then coughed it up with a sloppy puck possession play in the corner. Pareko slides the puck up the boards to Letty. Letty misses it. And. He reaches for it, tries to poke out of the zone, doesn't do it, gets held in. When it played quickly, turns it back toward the goal on a two-on-one, and Connor beats Bennington, upper blocker from the faceoff dot. Probably Bennington's uh, softest goal of the season, but I'll say this about it, and I want to get your feedback, Bill, on this. So earlier in the game, there was a play that the Jets tried to go backdoor, similar uh, similar spot on the ice, right? Uh, 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 left side, pass across to backdoor pass to a guy, and it was a it was a hundred mile an hour pass, and it didn't connect. Uh, but if it had connected, it'd been a goal. And uh, Bennington was on the post, and he kind of went. And he kind of I think he was expecting a shot, and the pass came, and he kind of fell back a little bit and wasn't there to make the save on the far side post if the pass had connected. So I'm thinking it was a very similar play to that. And, but this one gets shot. So he's cheating off the post, thinking he passes him across. I'm not going to get burned this time by that pass. And he got burned uh, near post this time. That's the way I well, that's it, the way I thought might be going I, through his mind. I want Bill to respond, but I'm just going to add this too. Factor in how many backdoor chances the guy faced fucking last yeah. year too. Right. I think that factors into the mental capacity too. Right, right. Um, I, I disagree completely with the characterization that it's a soft goal. This is a this is a goal given up by the defense, right? Nick Letty fumbling the puck and you know Oh sure. Yeah. And Pareko, the whole situation shouldn't have happened. Right. 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 I get you. And Pareko scrambled to dive and cut it out. Yeah, um, that was bad. It was that was right. I didn't like that. And, and maybe that's the you know, I I I think Bennington's a smart goalie and he knows that that other teams try that. Um, I, you know, I think if there's any fault with this, I think it's that he was too deep in his net, right? If, if he's out a little bit, he doesn't have to cheat to the one side, right? Whether Connor takes the shot, it's, you know, he's got it with the blocker. If he tries the pass, he can cut it off with either the glove or the, the, the pad. But I think Pareko diving, kept him deep in the net. So I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fade. I'm not going to put everything on Bennington on this play. And it, it, it was, it, oh, it, I don't it was an all around team failure, but to call it a soft goal, I don't, I don't I, like that. Okay. Well, well, let me, let me kind of re rephrase here. What that was, what I meant by that is that um, out of all the goals he's given up this season, you can attribute some fault to him. I mean, you know, I mean, I I don't want to say it's a soft goal. A soft goal is a little harsh because because actually the shot by Connor was a fucking amazing shot, and, and that thing was a bullet, uh, right. tucked upper corner. I'm thinking even if Bennington's on the post, that spot's open. He may hit it anyway. Right. So if, if Connor, but to Bill's point, and I I hadn't thought about that, Bill. If he comes out to challenge. 
he's got the angle. Maybe. And it's almost impossible maybe, maybe, to get that maybe shot. Maybe he has the angle on that. Maybe he does. Yeah. Yeah. And and yeah. I just think that Pareko throwing his six six frame across the slot keeps Bennington did. from being able to challenge. Yeah, and I thought he dove too soon too. If you're gonna if you're yeah. gonna lay down, he laid down way too soon yeah. again. Well, it, it was desperate because you know he's he's trying to cover up for Letty's mistake and yeah. you know it, it wasn't was a, it wasn't well and it, and it wasn't a high quality pass by Pareko to begin with. Right, but well, no, but he, it, you know, he put his partner in in, in I'll a tell you what, position, and I'll tell you what, Preko's pass, um, Letty should have had it. It went under his stick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, now, granted, and Preko was under pressure. Was a guy on his back. He was trying to get rid of it. So, um, yeah, and not not the easiest of passes to receive. But uh, Letty is an NHL player, and then he should receive that pass. Right. So, oh, I mean, he's if even if he just gets his stick on it and stops it and then it turns over, I don't think it's a two on one. It's different. It's the fact that the puck just flew by him, like, and then that just creates the pass across, and boom, all of a sudden it's a a chance for Kyle Connor to put it at top shelf. Like, if he even just gets a stick on it, I think it's a completely different play. Yeah. And heaven help us if Kyle Connor and, um, uh, um, Clayton Keller ever play on the same team because they will score 25 <laughs> goals in one game against this team. They're, Let's hope that that team does not have uh, Connor Hellebuck in net either. Right. They're they're straight up loose killers. I mean, just um, I mean the guy the guy has has great career stats against us. Um, I don't have him. Yeah, I'm, I'm not quick to the hockey reference like you boys, but uh, yeah, he's he's you always Patrick Liney's up there too. Yeah, oh, uh, that one game alone. Yeah. Uh, so, November November of 2019, wasn't it? 2018. 2018. Right. Six yep. six goals. Mm. Four goals. Four goals, but I, what was the final of that game? Was it? Oh, it was 7-1. 7-1. Yeah. God, uh, disgusting. Berube said about this goal that we talked about, um, giving up that 4-4 four and four goal was unacceptable. It should have been a nothing play, and we shot ourselves in the foot there. Okay. So. You want to say that, Peruby? Then do something about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cut Letty's ice time. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's the shit right there that I'm like, if you're going to fucking call that out, sorry, man. I love Peruby. You got to do something about it. That's lip service if if Nick Letty's still getting 21 minutes uh, tomorrow night. Right. So, so let me ask, what do you think the defensive change? You know, he he's teased that there are going to be changes on bottom six. It'll be Tucker and Scandella. No, no, I I think it's I think you're going to see. Um, if anything, we're not going to see. Um, we are not going to see Tucker head out. We'll see, I think we'll see Bortuzzo and Scandella. yeah, Bortuzzo in place uh, uh, of Scandella. That's my thought. Not Prunovich. No, I, oh, I do not think. I do not think we're going to see Prunovich. I'll be annoyed. God, I hope you're wrong. I'll be annoyed. I I don't. I think Tucker has been fine overall. But uh, yeah, I'm sorry. At this point, you gotta get Perunovic some minutes. And you know what? The power Jesus. play is struggling. And what is Perunovic? Yeah. What is his specialty? Power play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You put Krug out there on PP one, and then uh, Perunovic out there on PP two. I bet you that's the same player should, for two minutes. They should go seven defensemen. <laughs> okay, and then mm-hmm. bring in uh, Perunovic and uh, and Bertuzzo. In place of Tucker, yeah. So go seven defensemen, right? But but who's the forward that you take off? Alexandrov. Well, 
he he didn't he play when Bushnevich was back. Oh right. So, so it'd be Torpchenko neighbors. Neighbors. I would say neighbors. Torpchenko and neighbors. No, I'd say neighbors I'd... had an incredible game against Winnipeg. I don't take him out. I would say I neighbors. Neighbors game was against uh, Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, but I thought I thought neighbors played really well last yeah. night. Though he was all over the puck. Well, I think I think if you take out anyone on forward, it's probably Sammy Blay. You think? Yep, I think so. Hmm. Not Torpchenko either, because he had another. No, I'm I'm not dissing on Torpchenko. I just I'm trying to you know. You know, you who, make room. honestly, at this point, we'll we'll talk about it later. I'm sure, but uh, Kevin Hayes, I think, has been the weakest he, Blues forward. Yeah, I, I agree, and that's that's yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. Um. So late in third period, with a score three to one, Winnipeg Bennington pulled. Uh, the Blues called uh, caught a break when Winnipeg turned the puck over behind their net due to pressuring forecheck by Saad and Bushnevich. Uh, Bushnevich tries to quickly feed in front. It goes off a Jets player right to Thomas, who uh, picks low blocker on Hellebuck. Uh, only down by one now with 3.23 to go. But then Winnipeg added an empty net goal uh, with a minute 50 to go. And that was the final. So what happened? I mean, listen, they pulled the goalie with four minutes left. Yeah. And I was pissed because I'm like, Jesus Christ, I get you're down two goals. Guess what? It worked out. Okay. three. Two. At least he waited until we had possession. You know what I mean? But he didn't do it the second no, time. Didn't do it the second time, no. The second time, the Blues had it in the corner, and then they kind of like shoveled it forward, and then he pulls Bennington right when Winnipeg gets the puck And it was back. like three minutes to and go like, or two. What are you doing, two? man? Like, yeah. Get but, some decent ozone pressure and then pull the goalie. I can't yeah, but you sh- tell you how many times I've said that. No, it's, it's it frustrates the hell out of me. They They've... You know, the, just the, the the big swing with, you know, being super aggressive with pulling the goalie uh, just drives me nuts. I, I hated that as a, you know, as a goalie playing. Like, that was the last thing I wanted to do because, you know, every goalie is going to think, God, this is my fault because, you know, I gave up one more however many. Um, but to me, that getting chipped, two guys getting chipped on that play one chip off the boards beat two guys, and you know it was like Olay. Um, instead of trying to make sure somebody was getting back quick, they're like watching the puck go past them, and you know just too easy to go the other way, and then you know eventually just a straight breakaway down the middle on an empty net. Never going to miss that, unless you're Patrick Stefan. We <laughs> <laughs> did a whole show on that again. Uh, Blues only had four shots on net in the fourth period when trailing in this game, which was kind of pathetic. Um, St. Louis has lost its past four games in Winnipeg. The Blues are once again outshot 30 to 20. Bennington stopped 24 to 27. The Blues uh, won the faceoff battle in this game, 64 per 64.8% to 35.2%. Um, Money Pucks deserved a winnow meter. Had the Blues winning this game 55.8%. Of the time in 1,000 simulations uh, using advanced stats, so this is the first time this season that the Blues have been on the winning side of the deserved to win ometer on Money Puck. I think overall they played a very good. I game. thought so. It was I, just, I thought I was frustrated uh, with the zone time and, and the offensive zone time was was pissed me off. Um, I didn't know what they were doing offensively, but I, I thought they. I, yeah, I agree with you. I thought 
Um, if they could have sustained some offensive zone time, I thought they could and and finished on some chances, some good chances, then they you know then they may win this game. But yeah, and I think defensively overall, I think they were okay. I don't like I don't remember any like miraculous holy shit Bennington what the hell kind of saves happening in this game. Right. I Just, I think overall they were fine. It was that that four on four goal was garbage. well the two goals in eighteen but, seconds were bad. Um, those were bad. Four four but goal. I mean overall like. I think they played a good game. It's yeah. just sometimes which, you don't you don't win those games. And which you know, and this came on the heels of the Pittsburgh game, which they played well. So, you know, and the only bad game they played this season, you know, was against Arizona, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, that's you know that's the the silver lining, I guess, in this game. They didn't play a bad game. So, uh, and it was in Winnipeg. Winnipeg's supposed to be a good team. So, yeah. um. Same, and let's see what else we got. Um, yeah, that's all I got for this game. Unless you guys want to add something. No, so, let's let's move in to talking about the season as a whole. Yeah, a so bit. yeah, lack of offense uh, for the Blues this season, zone time and shots. Before last night, the Blues were 31st in even strength offensive zone time percentage. Uh, and the Blues are 32nd in shots per game, 23.2. And they're sixth worst in shots allowed per game, 34. Um, so I'll... I'll say that again, we, we kind of said this earlier. I do think in terms of quality, um, I feel like uh the game against Dallas, I think they had a couple that Bennington had to come up huge. Yeah. Uh Seattle, I think there was one or two. I think as time has gone on, it's gotten better. Um Bennington certainly played well against Pittsburgh and uh Winnipeg. And uh, you know, Hofer had had his issues against Arizona, but I think overall, the chances haven't been that bad. Again, remembering no, I, what they looked yeah. like last year, they've been better. I agree. And so you're going to allow shots. You know, when there was, a, I, remember, I remember a handful of chances last night, even where Winnipeg just kind of threw the puck at the net and then Bennington just kind of smothered it and jumped on it. But hey, that's a shot on goal. You know, they're going to get, you know, up to 10, 12 of those a game sometimes, especially with this defensive scheme. So I think overall, I'm not that upset. It's the shots for right. that is making me a little nervous. Yeah. And, you know, compared like, like two years ago, you know, their, their, their offensive mindset was uh, quality over quantity and it worked for him, mm-hmm. you know, and that pissed off Dom at the athletic because, you know, his model factored in, you know, quantity as and the lack of quantity as a bad thing, but the, and you know, basically the blues were a higher shooting percentage and he goes, that's, that's it's un, that's not right. It shouldn't be happening. It's a goofy thing, but whatever. So, but that was their. And he, I don't think he ever failed to realize that that was literally what they said their game plan was: is quantity or quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know they're, right. they're not going to get a ton of chance, a ton of shots. They're looking for that better chance as opposed to, you know, just peppering the goalie with shots from everywhere. Right, and you know, to not not to be a dom defender, but um, you know, his model got better about predicting the blues because the quality of players that the blues have had to say goodbye to since the twenty nineteen run is massive, right? You know that no no David Perron, no Tarasenko, now no no O'Reilly, um, you know, hell, Jaden Schwartz, Harvard. right? Yeah. <laughs> Sanford. Sanford. Assistant captain of your Tucson Roadrunners. 
Uh, I, yes. I saw that comment, Matt. So, as far as personnel, who have you liked and disliked so far on this team this season? I mean, there's probably a, an obvious choice or two, but, uh, you know, what do you guys think? Do we want to start positive or negative? Let's start uh, Let's start positive. Let's start, uh, right, go, go negative. Go negative. Negative first. We'll finish positive. Mm. I don't like that I just poured my beer way too fast. That was a problem. Um, all right, so let's just go one by one. Um, and I'm sure you guys will agree. Colton Pareko. No. I think he, he plays he said, very well. He, disappointed. Disappointed. He, disappointed. Said, he oh. said we're going negative first. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, so let me just state the obvious. We already said it earlier. Um, Marco Scandella, I think, is is a shell of himself, and I think it's blasphemy to say that he is more deserving of playing right now than, I mean, I could name five defensemen that should be in over him right now for the St. Louis Blues, including players in Springfield. So um, that to me is, is that's a product of he's got a contract. We would love to try and trade him for a draft pick. We've got to play him just because he's a name and a veteran and a big guy. We can't sit him, and and that's the unfortunate part. But so yeah, for me, Marco Scandella is number one. Bill, what? Give me a give me a name for disappointed. Nick Letty. Nick Letty. Okay. I I yes. was still lukewarm on him last year, but I'm I'm totally cold on him this year. I I think he's just been um, a turnover machine, and his defensive zone coverage, like when when he's on his toes and he's got the puck and doing like Pareko does and skating the puck out, he's great. But when you know when there are broken plays in the defensive zone, um, and he's out there, um, there's you know the the recovery um, is not that good, and yeah, just yeah, lamenting, lamenting, um, having two guys like I I think if we had um, either Scandella or Letty we could compensate with the other talent on this team, but having them both out there, um, they're, they're almost, you know, Letty, Letty is, you know, been hailed as a better player over his career, better skater. But at this point in their career, they're very similar players and, um, you know, not effective in the defensive zone. I'm going to venture to say this and, and I don't know, I know some people said it and they were right. Uh, especially in hindsight, Nick Letty may end up being Doug Armstrong's worst signing of all time because of not because of necessarily because of uh, him, but because, because of the who we got up to cost. get him. Right. Well, that that and the fact that again, not even not even so much to me the dollar amount. The fact the guy cannot be traded. He can't be traded. We gave up Wallman. Letty. If we just kept Wallman Ugh. instead of trading him to get Letty. Right, if we just kept yeah. him, right, we'd be better off defensively. We 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 done right. nothing with with Letty and just kept Wallman and Sunquist. We'd have we'd have a better situation. Now, granted, Wallman was up for a new contract, and who knows what he'd be making here, you know, now. But no. whatever. Yeah, I will stand by. At the time, I'm okay with the trade because they saw Letty as an improvement at the time. I but to stick to your guns and sign Letty. Hey. No, I, I, at the time I thought Letty would, was going to be fine for us. 
But at the, also at the time, I did not like the Blues giving up on Wallman. Mm-hmm. I would have rather yeah, I agree. I would have rather the Blues stuck with Wallman than than go with Letty. But I said, well, if they're not going to stay, if they're not going to play with Wall, play Wallman, then I thought, okay, well, all right, well, Letty will bring he'll he'll be okay. That'll be fine. Um, I wasn't pissed off they got uh, the guy we got in return. I was pissed off that we that we gave up on Wallman. We didn't have to do anything to to you know just play Wallman. He wasn't playing enough. Right. He was a guy that just I I don't think he was uh, an Armstrong guy. Right. And and I think what exacerbates the problem for Nick Letty is that he's also the opportunity cost of David Perron. Right. Yeah. Well, bring him back. Right. That. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's so many things that go into that, too, is like, you know, because we we wanted help defensively. um, And we were so deep offensively coming off that season and Perron's contract was up. Technically, he was aging, so it's like you know we're really deep offensively. We can afford to lose Perron, maybe, and then help use that money to help on defense. I get the idea behind that, but right. you know the, what? What actually uh, came out of that didn't work. Right. right. So, yeah. I mean, just tying that though to to the trade that we didn't have to make with Walnut. You're right. I know. I know. Right. I know. The the whole picture is is just you know uh, probably probably and, the the worst set of decisions that that Armstrong's made. And I'll say that I think that if they don't sign Letty and let him walk and then go somewhere other direction on D, I think I think I'm still okay with that trade at this point because I was I I would have said. Jake Wallman was never going to play here for whatever reason under Baruby and Armstrong. So you might as well yeah. get something for him. Blues made a run with Letty. Sure. But that's a whole signing Letty after that. Mm-hmm. That was the mistake. You know what this reminds me of that was the major mistake. This reminds me of a little bit of um, Elliot um, when they wouldn't, when uh, they traded Halak, right? And they would they 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 and they didn't want okay they had Elliot and Halak and they didn't want to give Elliot the number one job, so they brought in what's Miller. his name Miller uh, when they traded Halak and brought in Miller and I, I my mindset at the time was why aren't they giving Elliot the number one job why aren't they playing him more and I said well okay if they're not going to play Elliot if they won't give him that job then I was fine with bringing in Miller because they weren't going to play because I, I, I so I was okay that's fine I. I I was, I was, and people like to make fun of Armstrong for the, you know, the minuscule uh, percentage upgrade or whatever. Uh, 5%. 5%. But I mean, but there's some truth to that. If you can get a little bit better, why not do it in your mind if you think you are? So, and, you know, Miller didn't pan out here at all. So that flopped. So, the, and that kind of reminds me of this a little bit. You know, if they're not, if they weren't going to play Wallman, okay, well, then go after a guy that can, that, that they, they will play and, and should, and hopefully works out. Uh, but, didn't so same kind of thing for me all right Kurt, My, who's your most disappointing Hayes outside of the ones we've mentioned. Hayes is the yeah. Hayes is the guy he hasn't done anything he has one assist in five games he's the only time I notice him out there is basically when he's he's not making a play when he's not making a play like he seems yeah. slow he seems so slow out there uh and lost like he doesn't know where anybody is um half the time it's just he just looks out of place he doesn't look like he fits in right now and maybe that'll change in time but holy cow he hasn't done anything that this is gonna sound like a knock on him but it's not 
coming in to the Blues, I was actually expecting a Yori Laterra type player. And I and I know that sounds ridiculous because he is hated here. But if you think about it, Yori Laterra as a third line center, probably not a terrible third line center. It's the Blues kept thrusting him into a top six role, which is not what he was. And that's what I thought with Kevin Hayes. I said, hey, the Blues are getting back a guy who is not the fleetest of foot, but from what I've heard has decent hands, uh, you know, will go on to the four check, uh, can plug up the middle a little bit and, you know, be a, a good neutral zone guy to, to create the offense. Uh, and, you know, maybe just trails behind them to play a little bit. That's what I was thinking with Kevin Hayes. And I haven't seen that at all. I haven't seen anything, literally anything positive out of that guy. And it's, it's a little concerning yeah, a little bit. because he's here for a while. He ain't going anywhere. Cue yeah, the package before tomorrow night's game about all the little things he does in the locker room and, you know, just yeah. the defensive positioning and his time will come. After this year, he's got two more years. So, I, I mean, he's not making a ton. He's making three and a half, but still. Because, right. yeah, Philadelphia picked up yeah. half his tab. Right. So there's that. He's making three and a half. So you and, and keep that in mind when you see change. <laughs> it is a it is a small sample size. There are plenty of slow players who can still produce. I mean, Joe Thornton was still playing in this league. Um, Might still you know, be what? <laughs> yeah, right. He was still in this league three years ago. You know, so he can still be effective, uh, even as a, uh, not the fleetest of foot. But yeah, he has been a ghost. It's it's been concerning seeing him on the ice. I see that twelve, and I'm yeah. like, oh, that's Zach Sanford. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like he's giving us the same amount of production we expect out of number twelve. Uh, I mean, it's five games, so we'll see. We'll see how he he works out. Talk to me about after you know twenty twenty five games how he's playing. The fact that you said he had one assist surprised me. I actually didn't even know he had a point. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what he had. I mean, I thought I saw that's what he has. He Yep, one assist. He's a plus one. Well, that's okay. Fifteen minutes. Good. Fifteen minutes of ice time. Fifteen eighteen. So, uh, so uh, players you've uh, enjoyed this season that you've uh, been uh, not. Well, not, I said it earlier. Not surprised, but you know the players that play ball. Well, I'll say mine's a surprise. I think Colton Pareko <clears throat> yeah. has been. Phenomenal yep. to to start. Um, I uh, yeah, Ken Morris actually great point here. Mike Stone or uh, Mark Stone, I think is who you're thinking of. Mark Stone is slow as well. Yeah, Mark Stone is a very slow yeah. player. As much as we hate that motherfucker, um, he he is an effective player for the Golden Knights. So that's a very good point, Ken. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Colton Pareko, uh has has really stepped his game up. I mean, it's, it's not at 2019 levels at this point, but Holy shit. It is, it is at least top two defenseman levels. I mean, he's a guy who's uh, made some smart plays. I know we kind of dogged him earlier for the, the early slide on that last Kyle Connor goal, but overall like sticks in lanes, he's blocking shots. Uh, he's making plays. He's uh, creating offense. He's scoring goals as we saw against Pittsburgh. Um, you know, again, I, I think Doug Armstrong said it before the season started, we didn't need to see a ton of offense from this guy. We just need to see him play defense mm-hmm. and we're seeing that. I think he's playing great defense. He's, he's also 
doing that great skating and stick handling we've seen from him. He's jumping in on the offense, and he's getting back when he needs to. Um, this is the Colton Pareko, and again, it's only been a couple games, but this is the Colton Pareko we thought we were getting when we yeah. let Petrangelo go. So he has one penalty this season. Do you guys know what it is? I'm not. I, it's not delay a game. I was going to say, so, right. and no delay a game penalties in five games this season. So that's yeah, be, because he's skating the puck and, right. and, not and trying not, to clear it. Right. Hooking. It was a hooking penalty, wasn't right. it? I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and uh, Bill. It's Brandon Sott. Yeah, good one. I, yes, there, there was a guy that like when I tuned into the the one preseason game I watched, I'm like, oh, he's still on this team, like yeah. completely, completely not thinking about the guy whatsoever. Figure, you know, he's getting up there. He's you know he's kind of our elder statesman in the locker room, and you know if he can, you know if he can bring you know some kind of level of maturity um, to help bring the young guys along, great. But he has just. He he's playing, you know, so much better than than I would have expected at this point in his career, and having such great impact on these games. I mean, that, that like you know, we covered the Pittsburgh game. He was so dominant in in that game, and you know, we, we were worried with Bushnevich going out that you know that top line is just going to kind of fall apart, and he made the top line work. And so much so that they kept it together last night. And I kind of hope they keep it together again. I, you know, I, I think eventually we'll, we'll see Bushnevich back, back up there, but yeah, uh, everything Sod's done has, has been golden. I think this year. Uh, I'm going to say Bennington. Uh, that's like, you know, the obvious choice, but along with Breco, I think, but um, the reason I'm going to, I could have said Verona, I could have said, you know, another guy or two, but uh I think with Bennington is that, you know, the, the defense now this season in the five games has been noticeably better than last season as far as the quality of chances they're allowing. So, I, and I think this just kind of uh, backs up what we were saying all last season, as far as, you know, if you, if you put a, just a capable defense in front of Bennington, uh, you know, how he can play and he's showing how he can play with a capable defense in front of him, not giving up these backdoor tap-ins, or these high danger chances time after time after time. So, you know, and he's been solid. He's been good. Um, uh, he has, I mean, he's got the one, you know, like we talked about, and not even really a soft goal, but, you know, just the one one goal against him on him that's, you know, you, you'd like to see him play a little differently. But that's that's about it. So in, in four games. So uh, I've loved the way he's played. And that doesn't surprise me he's playing this way. Um, I'm just glad to see it uh, because uh, of basically the, the the team playing better in their own zone. So I could say you know the, what's played well has been uh, you know own zone defensive play, keeping shots to the outside, you know letting uh, Bennington see stuff, blocking a lot of shots. They've blocked a number of shots this season, um, typically blocking more than their opponent, which is misleading in one regard because that just means that you don't have a lot of zone time and a lot of shots going towards the net. So they don't have the opportunity to block a lot of shots when, uh, when you do, when they're peppering you. So, uh, but still, you know, you're, 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 uh, playing better in your own zone and the goaltender, um, on paper looks better because of it. So, uh, but we said this last season, we said that you, know, you put a better defense in front of him. He will put up better numbers and that's exactly what's happening. 
Um, I'll add to your defensive play comment being better. I I think actually, even though they haven't had sustained pressure and um, they haven't scored a ton of goals, um, I think the breakout overall has been better. How many times mm-hmm. did we see the Blues try to break out and then turn the puck over at center yeah. and all of a sudden it's a three-on-one <laughs> the other way? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wasn't just Letty. I mean, it was Pareko. It yeah, it was, was, I was talking about Letty in the last game. Right, yeah, right. But yeah, I mean it was right. it it was rampant um yep. in in almost every game last year. So to see the the breakouts actually result in you know, the blues even just getting the puck deep and and other times actually getting chances and getting shots on goal, that's a huge improvement from what we saw from last year. So I don't know if that's just a mindset competitive kind of thing like you know this is the team going forward so we just got to learn to do this together or if it's a coaching change i don't know what it is but overall first five games i felt way more comfortable when the blues are actually breaking the puck out of their zone yeah and i'll say you know to to kurt's comments about bennington the thing that has you know been the most enjoyable for me is you know the the national media um you know picture that gets painted of him as you know unhinged lunatic and he has been just steady and cool as they come right he's he's even on that that disallowed goal the the Mm -hmm. goal they challenged he was like he didn't even didn't throw a stink about it that was yeah yeah yeah, showing zero emotion in the net and that's Mm -hmm. that's what i want to continue to see from him Right. Well, that, uh, you know, he's he's 30. He's married. He's got to be past that at this point. Well, and the thing that annoys me, and this is probably all media and just just media commentary, you know, like when uh, when something bad happens to someone, you never hear about, oh, well, actually, it turns out that that didn't happen. And, you know, good news came from it. Um, the fact that right now Bennington's playing great. And again, it's only five games into the season, but. Have you seen one tweet or one thing from any of the national media members being mm-hmm. like, hey, kudos, you know, Jordan Bennington's making me eat my words from last season. He looks yeah. great. Like, no, of course the, not. We're not going to hear that all no. season. No. He's got one bad game, and we're going to hear, well, there's Jordan Bennington we know. Yeah. Well, you know. So there there was a piece that uh, Wyshynski put out um, for reasons to watch every team going into the uh, frozen frenzy last night. And he gave him that sideways compliment that, you know, basically along the lines of what I was saying, right. The, you know, the, the blues goalie who's, you know, known for the 2019 cup run, but better known for, you know, fighting in that, right. He's actually putting up numbers, um, you know, and quoted at what was it? Uh, the expected goals against um, and, you know, said he's, he's playing really well right now. Will he keep it up? Okay. Oh, so okay. that, that's, well, that is to be fair. Yeah. To be fair. I mean, and it's just the truth. He's just reporting on the truth. So, right. Yeah. yeah no, it's a good point. Though. Obviously, you know, and it, any, anything you say about anybody at this point in the season, it's like, wow, he's playing really well. Uh, can he keep it up? It's been, you know, it's, it's early. We can half into the season, whatever. So uh, that makes complete sense. I um, next up for the Blues. Any, any, well, yeah. I was going to ask any other notable mentions anybody has for either good or bad. I mean, we can go and do every player. 
but we'd be here forever. Let's do it. <laughs> no. Let's have a five-hour show. No, 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 no. Now, uh, I'll say my, t- only other, my only other mention would be I, I've not enjoyed, and we've kind of touched on this all night, Craig Berube overall. Um, I, I didn't like, and we didn't talk about this, I did not like the option to go to Hofer in the third game. I, I get his reasoning that, well, this is a great break in the season. We just had three days off or four days off or whatever. And, you know, we want to get Hofer in there and see some time. Dude, Bennington was rolling. I, I did yeah. not understand and making that division, change at that it's game. A division game, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, 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 you know, you want to play him, play him against a, a, out of the division. <clears throat> or something on away game. You got a couple games coming up here against Calgary and Edmonton. Edmonton is struggling to open the year, and McDavid's not playing. Like, why not play him against fucking Edmonton? Yeah, I um, that and and just overall again, like the fact that Scott Perunovic has not seen any NHL minutes yet. That is shocking mm-hmm. to me. Um, Scandella in there every game is a fucking joke at this point. Um, and you know his insistence to just keep going back to the well with those guys. Let's see a change. Um, let's get these guys some minutes. You got 21 guys on the roster. You had a couple. Well, Arizona was the bad loss, but you've had a couple losses. Why not see what else you got in some of these other guys? I actually want to see more of Shen. Shen, yeah. Shen, yeah, I, I, Shen hasn't. You know, he's got one assist in five games. He's just haven't seen enough out of him right now as captain, you know, lead on example on the ice. I just But it was yeah. a great assist last night. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. But it I'm was. it was, but you know, still. I want to see I want to see more out of him. He's the captain of this team. Uh needs to be more of an impactful player on the ice to me. So um next up for the blues we got th- Thursday at Calgary, eight PM, Friday at Vancouver. 9 p.m., back-to-back games, and then Wednesday uh, after a few days off, <clears throat> November 1st, at Colorado. First uh, really big game of the season. I guess you don't count Dallas, but... Colorado right now is 6-0, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. That, uh, that was like the one game that I, I paid uh, attention before uh, my mind just turned off with the overwhelming uh, too many things going on on the screen um, from last night. And, you know, I, it was like, oh, looks like the, the Islanders are going to finally knock them off. And every time they would jump back to the game, you know, Colorado's, you know, coming back and then eventually took it over. They are, yeah, it's, they are scary good. They're a um, buzzsaw right now. Yeah. So um, interesting that the Blues will be home um, after Vancouver. They come back to St. Louis um, for a couple of days before turning around to go to Colorado. Yeah, uh, that was that was an interesting point that I thought yeah. um, they made. Um, a, a lot of times, previous years with that West Coast trip, like yeah, let's stay in Vancouver and have team well, bonding. I would, I would, you would think it might be beneficial to get to Colorado early. And, and acclimate, acclimate, acclimate yeah, to mm-hmm. the to the altitude, you know, for a couple of days. Um, granted, acclimating to altitude takes weeks, right, right, uh, months, but uh, but still, you know, it, you'd think getting there for a couple of days would be at least something. But yeah. uh, Bruber did say he's thinking about lineup changes among the bottom six forwards and on defense for Thursday's game in Calgary. So we'll see what he decides. We're hoping we, uh, Prunovich gets in there. Um, we'll Not see. expecting it, but yeah, hoping I'm, for it. 
I made a mistake uh, saying that they're playing Edmonton. That's right. They're not going to Edmonton uh, on this trip, which is odd. It's uh, Calgary and Vancouver. Yep. Right. So, Vancouver. But still, I think I think you, um, I don't know, uh, Vancouver or even maybe Calgary is hope for his first start of the season. Like, that's that's how that, I would have played it. Yeah, I think that would have been the right way to go about it. And since since Kurt did the obligatory um, uh, Ivan Haruchka uh, <laughs> Vancouver, I'll do the obligatory Calgary. Calgary, yeah. Uh, Colorado? Say it like a Midwest person. Colorado. 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 <laughs> uh, rapid fire tidbits from around the NHL. The Frozen Frenzy was on Tuesday. Um, every team was in action. Start times were staggered. And they were jumping around from highlight to highlight in live games for four hours. Thoughts on this? I didn't get to watch it at all because oh. I watched. I couldn't. I I was. I was. My daughter had a, a concert, band concert. My son and daughter had a band concert. And so I was there. And didn't get back here until when I and the, so I was like watching the Blues game on delay, so I had to watch I, I had to watch the Blues game, so I, I'm trying to catch the live TV and I didn't get I didn't get the live TV with the uh, Blues game until I was well, I didn't get the live TV at all. I well, I've caught, finally finished watching the Blues game around I don't know what time it was ten thirty ten o'clock. So yeah, I didn't get to Bill, watch did you, did you get to watch it, Bill? Yes, yes. Yeah, I, I was. Yeah, I, I know we talked about it a little bit, but yeah, yeah. I, I had it on. Um, I I I have a rather large TV in my basement, so I thought I'd take advantage of it and do split screen, and have the Blues game on the one side, and then that. And yeah, it just I like I said, I I got quickly overwhelmed with uh, everything going on, and um, yeah, it uh, it was it was a great idea. Um, but again, we'll go back to our criticism of Apple products. Um, the way that I had to have it set up was streaming the ESPN thing off my iPad to the TV. And uh, whenever they would cut out, they didn't go to commercial frequently. But when they did, like, I would have to completely restart the app to get the game going again. So just oh. frustrating technology-wise. And then, yeah, streaming it also, like, the color was off. It was, like, this weird teal color for the entire Ooh. thing. So, yeah, not, you know, technical issues on my end. Um, the idea of that is great. You know, if, if uh, you know, they if NHL Network would just move to that full time instead of, you know, this, the same you know, bringing in former players to talk about games or even do that and just let them do that and make it rapid fire. Right. But you, you don't have all 16 teams playing the second time in league I mean, history. They did that. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Um, a hundred percent. And it was a lot of content to take in at once. And, and I've, I've got ADHD and, and I know that's like everybody, um, likes to say they have ADHD nowadays. I actually have it. And so it was, uh, it was overwhelming to be like, cause you're like, okay, I'm going to focus on this game. And it'd be like, you know, you're in that for 30 seconds. Okay. Now we're going to flash over to this game. Okay. Hang on. Like, let me completely like refocus my mind. And, and I had to like, tell myself, like, sit back, like, don't, don't get too involved and just let this be what it is. Like you're going to watch goals. You're going to watch saves. You're going to watch hits. You're going to, you know, and, and I'll say I, once I did that and I kind of like let myself step back from it, I loved it. Um, I watched from uh, six until the start of the blues game. 
And that was overwhelming, just sitting there watching, like, every big moment. And then, like, a lot of times they would just kind of cut to play in between. They'd be like, let's go over to the Avalanche and Islanders. And they would just kind of, like, show you that for about a minute. And then they'd be like, okay, now back to the Sabres game. And uh, they would just kind of do that until a goal was scored. And then they'd, you know, show you that. And it was... I loved it. Um, The best part about it, though, was that once the Blues game started, I was able to, you know, obviously focus on the Blues game, forget about what's going on over ESPN2. And then when the Blues game started and then they go to commercial and then flip back over to that, because like a lot of times what I'll do is I'll flip over to NHL Network and I'll have on the fly going. And it's, you know, it's live, but it's not really live. Like a lot of the shit they're showing you happened an hour or two hours ago. So for this to be like actually caught up on what is going on in the game in the moment was really cool. And then the same thing with intermission, like intermission came, boom, turn on frozen frenzy, watch that for 17 minutes, go back to the blues game. Like that was perfect because it was just Oh my God, there's so much going on. And, you know, when I'm intermissions, I'm just flipping through other games. Like, and again, the NHL with their terrible scheduling of like, all games are going to start at seven or eight or nine 30. So like you flip off the blues game and intermission and every other games on intermission. That wasn't the case here. You're watching because they staggered the times. There's something going on at all times. And so it was so cool to be able to just flip through and be like, I'm just going to sit here and watch this for 18 minutes. It was so cool. I loved it. Um, hopefully they'll do it um, again. Like uh, it'd be nice if in the future they could do it. And I don't know how many uh, opportunities they'll have to do it this season. Probably not with every team in action, but maybe they'll have with a uh, night with uh, most teams in action. that could do it. Um, you figure Saturday, Saturday nights would be great for it. Yeah, um, exactly. All the teams wouldn't have to be going on. I mean, they could just do a, a night where almost every team is, you know, going. Um, but, I mean, I know uh, why they picked that night, but yeah, I agree. I mean, you could even do it with just 10, 12 teams in action. Yeah, and and hopefully, you know, if it goes over well, hopefully that next season they can um, plan on it, like do it once a week or, you know, a couple times a month, you know, just to have to plan on doing this and, uh, I would love to watch it. <laughs> Did not get to. Um, uh, Matt Harris says, uh, I actually really enjoyed ADHD hockey. Always something happening. I switched it off right when the blues came on, though. Yeah, uh, yeah I, dude, it hit. I mean, it was cool, Kurt. It's a shame you missed it. Um, I really hope they do it again for you because it was, it was really entertaining. Mm. Uh, the NHL announced it was reversing the ban on pride tape, effective October 24th. Uh, the NHL announced in June that teams are no longer allowed to wear specialty jerseys during warm-ups, practices, or games during nights that supported causes like pride or military appreciation. The league further clarified that on-ice player uniforms and gear worn in warm-ups, official team practices, and games could not be altered to reflect specialty theme nights. That included the use of pride tape rainbow colored stick tape that's used uh, that's been used in support of the lgbtqia plus community for several seasons Uh, the league said that the ban on pride tape was so uh, was to prevent teams and players from using it as an end around to violate the new uniform policy isn't that some shit because you know they they said that 
you know, no players would wear the jerseys for the theme appreciation nights uh, on the ice because it was a distraction for, it became a distraction because some players were wanting to opt out of it or opted out of it. So it was just about, it was just about the jerseys and the players not, so they want players to, you know, be forced to do anything and be ridiculed in the, in the public because of it. Okay. So, you know, on one hand you can understand the league's, you know, decision-making process there, whether you agree with it or not. Um, but then to overstep and extend it to tape, it's like, what? Why? This wasn't an issue. You know, let players, if players want to opt into this and just do tape, has nothing to do with the uniform at all. You know, the, the, the pants, jersey, uh, gloves, nothing. Well, and what I don't understand is like, and, and I know that, you know, they were, okay, I'm trying to understand their logic. Um, I think what their mindset was Okay, we've gotten rid of the jerseys. Now people are going to start focusing on the tape and saying, so, so "Oh, get yeah. rid of the tape just so we don't have to deal with that." But to me, yeah. I I That's... honestly feel like even the fucking bigots who are upset over the whole pride thing in general, I don't think they're even going to notice the tape. No, not mm-hmm. for one. No. For one, like the people in the arena they might look at it and see, oh, that sucks. But I don't think those people are even jumping on social media for that. Like, the tape is such a minuscule, minor thing. And then the people that are on are watching on TV, they're not noticing it because they're not watching the warm-ups on TV. So what the hell are you doing banning Pride tape? They moved the goalposts. I, I, the, the NHL did because they were they were trying to do one thing. But then you know, to, so that you know, players wouldn't be forced or or felt bad or whatever about uh, opting out of this. But then they said, "Oh no!" And then they found out that all oh, players would use pride tape to get around to show support because they wanted to. And then the league says, "Oh, you can't do that now. We're gonna we're gonna widen this to cover that." And it's like, "Well, hold on. What's the message now? Right. You know, they, is the, they're, they, they're 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 changing it? Right? They, were they tried to solve a problem that didn't exist." Yeah, and they were trying to basically just get everything out of the off the ice entirely, which is stupid because in the rules it says it doesn't limit tape to mm. black or white. You know, it says any color. Right. So that, that's that's part of the CBA. That's part of what they agreed to. The I mean, if players if they were gonna if they were gonna start finding players, that was gonna be a problem because right. I'm sure the NHLPA would uh, have then fought that. Right. So, and hundred percent. Yeah. Right. And we would be remiss if we didn't say stick taps to Travis Dermott for for having the balls to be the guy that did it. Right. And um, the, the league backed down. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't his direct challenge. Right. But he was the guy that did it and forced the issue to the forefront. And mm-hmm. also, you know, Scotiabank. Right in Canada, major sponsor, yep. and uh, they gave away pride tape at, at their locations, and yep. it's like shove it up your ass, Gary. encouraging people to use it. Right. right? So I mean, right. yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, and when you when you when a major player in the NHL sponsorship, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, sponsor uh, Scotia Bank does that, oh, the league's gonna listen. 
yeah <laughs> a lot and of money it just them. yeah it just it to me it was sad that you you know you have um you know you, you made a lot of progress with that and you know you have you have these influencers in the in the game like brian burke right he's he's been you know influencer in a different term than we that we're used to using for social media right he, the guy's been around the league forever and it's something that that's you know he has been a champion of and for the league just to shit on it you know, I couldn't believe that 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 was the direction we're going. At, at least they saw the minor the the error in their way and made a minor correction on this point. Um, hopefully, they can will you imagine eventually Tra- change it all the way back? Can you imagine if Travis McDermott would have uh, gotten a uh, a fine for this? Mm-hmm. I mean, right. it would have been all well, over every yeah. single news state, like. CNN probably would have reported on that. The NHL was creating a negative PR here, Mm -hmm. and which is what they were trying to avoid in the first place uh, by by initially saying, you know what, no jerseys. Since some players have a problem with it, it's creating a bunch of bad press. That's all they're talking about. They're not talking about the night. They're talking about who's abstaining, right? So they didn't want to deal with it. Um, But now, and then they overstepped, and they were creating bad PR on their own. With this, and if they, yeah, if they had find somebody, whoa, and they could, they couldn't have anyway. They probably, it was probably, uh, they probably checked with their lawyers. Right? You know, you want, it's in the CBA. You can't find players for some, doing something that's allowed in the CBA. Right, and can you well, imagine that though? If if there was a fine for a player showing personal representation, and when there is something that is clearly not banned in the rule book, yeah, it it could become a First Amendment thing. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it, it would have been a mess. And can you imagine? Because this this clearly would go towards military appreciation nights too. Can you imagine if somebody wore something like this on their stick for uh military appreciation and they got a fine for it? I yeah, mean, just a just a single wrap of camo tape up near the handle. It's all that's all McDermott did. Mm-hmm. He had a few inches of, of rainbow pride tape uh just below the, the handle. On the shaft, that was it, and uh, it was Good simple little, yeah, yeah, simple little statement. Uh, didn't affect anything negatively. It was just something that he was stating on a stick. Players, players and sticks, you know, they, they do all kinds of things with their sticks, right? They'll put tape on it, markings on it, initials on it, kids' names, all kinds of stuff. You can't go, you can't go telling players they can't do that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like you said, Bill. That is taking away First Amendment rights. You're taking away their voice, and they. You just can't do that. I mean, come on. I I could see if they're like taking the puck and wrapping that in some kind of tape. Okay. But when you're just putting tape on your stick, really? You're going to restrict me from doing that? It's ridiculous. Uh, Matt Dumba of the Coyotes isn't surprised with the NHL flip-flopping on allowing pride tape. He said, and I quote, <laughs> you'll never get the answers for that. They don't have answers for a lot of things they do. They follow and try to save face. Ouch. Good for you, Matthew. Dumba. Yeah, no kidding. That yeah, was a, that, I mean, it's, and that. it's true because they're they're just they're just chasing. They react. Yeah, they react. That's all they do. They 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 hear the vocal minority and they say, "Oh shit, our fans are against pride. Uh, we're trying to start these initiatives because we want to gain new fans, but our current fans are pissed. We we got to listen to this crew." And it's like that's a fraction of your fan base, dude. Like there are so many. I mean. We've got one that listens to the show. Well, we got multiple, I know, that listen to the show, but one that's listening right now. And it's like, you think of the percentages, 
there's a lot of people that are either part of pride, involved in pride, um, friends of pride, you know, you're, you're minimalizing all of those people by taking away the ability for players to show their support for pride and to, to just do that and blanket it. You can't do it anymore. So short-sighted by the NHL. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it's embarrassing, and they need to just shut up about stuff in the future and uh, stuff that that you know. I don't know. Run it by focus groups. Do large uh, polls amongst a diverse group of people just to, just to make sure that you're 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 not pandering to a vocal minority, and then pissing off you know eighty nine percent of the fan base because you got to figure i mean let's say okay I, i'm throwing numbers out there but let's just say 70 percent of people that are blues or uh hockey fans uh nhl fans particularly uh don't give a shit about pride either way let's just say it's 70 percent by putting a ban on it i'd say a good 40 percent of that 70 percent is like okay now i'm pissed at the nhl because you're just trying to minimalize, you know, all these people that are fans of the NHL. So like by not doing anything, you're not upsetting that 70%, but by banning it, you're pissing off a large portion of that group of fans that didn't care in the first place. That's the way I look at it. And it's just so short-sighted by the NHL. At least, um, I guess at least they this move was, even though it's a move uh, a wrong they created. At least they've righted this small wrong here, uh, baby steps right well, back. And, in the, and that's back what in the I direction. said. That's what I said on Twitter. I'm like, hey, it's the small victories, but I'm like, really, at the end of the day, this shouldn't be considered a victory at all because it should have just been the status quo. And you know, I, I guess you can blame the media too for a lot of this because. You know, when a Pride Night did happen, what eventually, because of Prokhorov, right, uh, uh, Provorov, what what became the story? Every time it was a Pride Night, who's not wearing the jersey? Is anybody out and out? Who's not wearing it? And that was the story. You know, it wasn't, you know, and that wasn't the NHL's doing. That was, uh, although they it was their doing in allowing players to opt out of it. So, you know. But then that, that's a that's a gray area too. Do you want to make players wear the jersey if they really don't want to? If it's against their personal beliefs, however fucked up those beliefs may be. So that's you know that's that's a that's a rough area. I understand the NHL is in a in between a rock and a hard place there as far as how they want to handle that. I get it, you know. But um, but yeah. So I I don't know. I, hopefully hopefully it swings back to the way a little bit and they can figure something out to allow representation of these special. Uh, uh, events and stuff on actually be displayed on the ice uh, a little more with jerseys and whatnot. Yeah. I, 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 I'll be interested to see how much, um, you know, comes out during the next CBA negotiation, which thankfully not soon um, that the players will push on these issues. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, they, they've got a, a, I'm for drawing a blank on his first name, but Prokov, the prospect. I don't know if he'll ever play in the NHL, but first openly gay professional mm-hmm. hockey player. Yeah. Um, you know, I, it, maybe at that point you've already got a couple of them, and so those teammates are going to be like, "Hey, we got to push on this stuff because you know we want these guys to feel represented." 
Um, that's all I got, guys. Wrap up the show. That's all I got. I I did want to say one thing. Uh, tomorrow morning at eight thirty a.m., uh, I'll be on with Randy Molman, uh, KXOK one hundred two point nine FM in St. Louis. Um, KXOK.com if you want to listen online. Uh, Why is that not in the announcements? I don't know. I forgot. Show, I forgot. I, for, I forgot about it. <laughs> hmm. I forgot. It should have been eight thirty. Uh, 830. Um, yeah, 8.30 to probably like, I don't know, 8.45, 8.50, something like that. We'll be on Talking Blues Hockey. Uh, what was Randy the Mullen. website again? KXOK.com, and it's uh, 92.9 FM in St. Louis. Probably comes in better in St. Louis. Outside St. Louis, it gets kind of fuzzy. <laughs> All but, right, I'm uh, going to yeah, pull it up you, now so yeah, that way I remember in the morning. Yeah, and I'll and it, they always put out as a podcast uh, later in the day, so I'll I'll share that link uh, when it comes out of the podcast on uh, on Twitter so folks can listen if they want to later. Says it's on air FM one oh two point nine and ninety two point nine. And ninety two point nine, okay. Yeah. Wow. Taking up two spots on the dial. Nice. <laughs> Twice as good. And you said you're with the mole man, huh? Yeah, mole man. Yeah, he has good me man. on a few times a year, yeah. It's just to talk hockey and stuff. It's it's fun. I uh Bill, you're gonna be surprised to know that I was in the media. I remember Mole Man from my uh, media days. Very good guy. What was the name of the guy that you were on, a uh, regular on? Uh, the Z-Man. The Z-Man, yeah. Yes, <laughs> Z-Man. On, yeah. Uh, Mondays, um, wait, I was Tuesdays and Thursdays, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I used to listen. It's good stuff. We had uh, Jamie Rivers on the show uh, once or twice. Yeah. Hmm. Back when he was coaching the St. Charles Chill, which I think is a time in his life he'd like to forget. St. <laughs> <laughs> Charles Chill. <laughs> All right. Uh, I guess we'll we'll shut her down, Earl. What other option do you have? None. None. Support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by Idealife, the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment of your DNA. Visit rockandthatidealife.com for more information. That's rockandthatidealife.com. And get 10% off by emailing Dustin at rockandthatidealife.com. Uh, at gmail.com and tell him let's go blues radio sent you and by mark Burgoyne from mike Burgoyne realty uh, from real brokerage realty uh you can call him <laughs> a new website oh yeah <laughs> you can uh contact mike at 314-753-4060 today for all of your home buying and selling needs and by Center Ice Brewery, St. Louis's tasty hockey-themed beer. Check out your local beer vendors for availability. That's Center Ice Brewery beer. Please drink responsibly. That'll wrap up episode three of season uh, 13 of the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. Thanks for listening, and thanks to those who participated in the YouTube and Facebook live chats during the live show. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed bringing it to you. For Jeff Ponder, Bill Day, and Austin Lynch. I'm Kurt Price. <laughs> Until next time, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Let's go, Blues. Uh, there? It's been in my pocket all day. <laughs> fuck Kansas City. Uh, let's, I guess, fuck Kansas, right? Uh, let's go, Blues. Let's go, City. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. A look at sports. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. I want you to have a heart attack and die so that we never have to do this shit again. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. <laughs>
St. Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues, have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one, now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The Blues are on the ice tonight again, they're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friend.